Blog Talk Radio. The Net Live is brought to you by the Spire Institute, integrating sports and education, training and learning, performance and competition like no place on earth. SpireInstitute.org. Now, on with the show. It's that time. We have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Line with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. Peter. There's no better angle for sure uh, than the one from behind. Reed. All this travel and plane and priorities been really getting in the way of our relationship. And DJ Ruscha. I have great thighs. It's the Net Live right now. It's not even work Saturdays either, like the post office. I think the post office works less than we do, actually. Uh, yeah, they, they work very little. So we're trying to be like a government show. Welcome to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Barnett sitting in the home court. Along with, as you heard, DJ Jeremy Roche. We're still working on the new microphones, but we have no McGee, so Roche gets a microphone back. Finally. And Dustin Aval, he's still available. Dustin Aval. I moved up from the couch, sitting here dockside. Feeling good. And, uh, yeah, I like doing Tuesdays. Feels good. Yeah, you just got to be careful you don't get a parking ticket. Yeah, there's not as, much, not as much parking outside. Street sweeping. Speaking Thanks of the, uh, the, the postal office, I was watching the Seinfeld episode where Newman what, it doesn't, <laughs> work fraud. In, doesn't work in the rain. And they, they all get mad at him because it's like they're all neither rain nor sleet. It's the first one. They say rain won't stop. Yeah, I don't work in the rain. <laughs> it's true. Tuesdays, he yeah. doesn't show up. Yeah, it's fun. Here's what we have for you planned today. We have John Costi of Stanford. We continue our tour through MPSF coaches and some of the other relevant coaches out there. John Costi of Stanford, the men's program, will join us. Tell us about the men's season so far, which has been a wild and wooly season. If you're ranked number one, you're pretty much going to lose. Uh, Al B, Albert Hanneman, owner of the NVL, will be on. And uh, I don't know if we declare him the winner at this point by default because we don't have a schedule for anybody else. He has a schedule, and I, we were chatting off just before the show, and I think we have some issues with that schedule. But he does have a schedule, which is more than can be said for the AVP, and not we can't call it Cuervo anymore. Can't. We just call it IMG, because yeah. they don't have a sponsor yet. Uh, so it'll be interesting to talk to Albert. He had an event already? Yeah, he did. The model... Challenge. What is it called? Model Beach Volleyball Tournament. Yep. Miami. My only hope is that if, if, you, if you hold that tournament, can you please improve the quality of the volleyball played in commercials? Because those models well, actually had... It's awful, isn't it? Most times. Every time. It's true. Unless it's featuring an actual volleyball player, like the Norms commercial that runs locally here. Yeah, with Fendi and, and Jenny. Yeah. Uh, but there was a good, you know, on the net, on the NVL the National Volleyball League Facebook page, there were some good photos of the model beach volleyball. Those guys have abs. And I don't mean the volleyball. Um, one of the uh, young ladies that was, I don't know if she's participating or just working, but she also was gracing the pages of the SI swimsuit issue 
just released. I didn't see that photo. Week. Where can I find said photo? Facebook. The the face of Buck. It's uh, her name is Nina 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 Agdal or something. Oh, yeah, write, that, write down. that down. She is an up and comer. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll surf and, the uh, Facebook page this week instead of USA Today pictures of cheerleaders. We just lost all our live listeners because they're going to look at it right now. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Not paying attention to it. Podcast as, as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I I thought I would take this opportunity here early in the show as Chris McGee isn't sitting here, so I can and I'm moved up from the couch and gonna do a little bit of. Uh, of the Dustin Aval um, elevator pitch for oh, a position. Oh, yeah, we asked position. for it last week. We did not really end yeah, up I need with to, it. I needed to prepare a little bit, prep some things. Okay. All right, so we, we step into the elevator. I'm going to uh, floor 17. You are big previously brother. going to floor 6, but, but now since I'm going to 17 and I'm the boss of a large corporation, you are now pitching yourself, and you're going to 18 maybe. Yeah, well, the bottom line here is that everything that I've ever been a part of um, immediately becomes better. I mean, case in point right now, this show has improved. I am not looking for a specific position. While I do have experience building relationships and, and being a business development manager, as well as a the director of sales, my goal is to just really do something awesome and make your company a better place. And I think that if you look at me and you and how we can fit together, I can really facilitate an improvement of this business, whatever it may be. And I don't know what you do, Kevin, but I'm sure that I can help. You know, uh, Dusty, uh, David, <laughs> what's your name again? Dustin? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, Dustin. Uh, I could use a director of awesomeness. Yeah. I'd, or perhaps an agent of awesome. Yeah. And I, I uh, facilitate awesome. Yeah, why don't you uh, have your people get in touch with my people? Absolutely. We'll do lunch. So You can work for Vol Entertainment for free anytime. Really? <laughs> Just so you know. Are there a lot of opportunities to do that? Yeah, plenty of opportunities to work well, for free. Do you, anybody... do you have room for a director of awesomeness? I can always use a director of awesomeness. I think you could. I yeah. mean, I have a lot of Where does that leave you? <laughs> I have a lot of awesomeness all the time, but you can add more to it. The su- you are the supreme director of awesome. Well, most of the time. So I still think Kramer is the best way you go, for another Seinfeld reference, too, early on in the show, that yeah. you should simply be in an office, and when they say all hands on deck, you show up. Yeah. Just a briefcase, even, briefcase full of Ritz crackers. And, I don't even work here. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes it so hard to fire you. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. We will also have College of Volleyball Weekly. We're hoping for Mike Sondheimer. I know he had a meeting, but we will at least have Jay Hosick checking in. I heard or read something about Penn State not having a successful weekend. They lost to Harvard. Is that right? Yeah, Harvard. That was right. I didn't read that wrong. Penn State lost to Harvard. I'm looking for the score. I think it was uh, 3-0. 3-0. But don't worry, they got back on track defeating Sacred Heart 3-0. Okay. So it was the first EVA match they've lost, I think, since 2009? You know, I've seen... Something like that? I've seen Harvard a couple times throughout the last few years. They've come out and played SC, and I've done a couple of those matches. And they have been a steadily improving program. And uh, I forget their coach's name off the top of my head, but he has been chartered with kind of making that one of the um, you know, up-and-coming programs out there in the northeast so kudos to him i feel like over the last year or two of this show like harvard we've been mentioning a lot more they've gotten better it's not like it's like oh my gosh penn state should just you know cut their program because they lost to harvard right i'm not surprised that they that they especially with the way that the uh entire uh, nationwide volleyball standings and, and wins and losses have been there's been a lot of parody as we've heard with uh the guys talking about so it doesn't surprise me. Nothing I just, does I just wonder how many of those Harvard volleyball members are, in fact, skull and bones. 
No, I don't think you can talk about it. Yeah, you're not allowed to speak about it. Kevin. So you're clearly not part of it because you wouldn't be able to say something about the society. I clearly did not go to Harvard. We all know that. <laughs> Brian, uh, his last name is B-A-I-S-E, the coach of us. Uh, ah, yes. Basie? Apparently he's doing a great job, according to Jay, See, Jay said for part-time pay. Working part-time, dominating. Well, in his off time, he's actually a rocket scientist, so kind of strange. Speaking of college volleyball, Dustin Aval, I had an opportunity to see your alma mater last night get the stomp down. Yeah. 3-0. Yeah. Uh, 18-21-18, maybe? Or maybe 20. It's really early for us to talk this much about volleyball, but since you opened it up, I'll go. Uh, it seems like the USC team... Has be, they have three wins in conference, and they've three all... Three seven. They, they have, have no non-conference games. And they beat number one, number two at the time, and Cal Baptist, who has won a lot of matches, too. So who beat UCLA the week before. Yeah, it seems like a... I mean, it's kind of a weird season. Like, they haven't beaten anybody that's beneath them in the standings. Third match in four or five days for USC and for UCLA. But UCLA brought the heat from the service line, and they had a seven aces on nine errors, I want to say, and most of those errors coming late, I think, in the third set. And USC had 11 service errors, no aces. Yeah. Mike Christensen had six each night the previous week, and six by himself, so nothing there. UCLA handled the serve well. UCLA didn't do a lot wrong, and USC, boy, it was Tanner Jansen, as usual, that was about it. Joey Booth back in the lineup. And yeah, also that. their libero, Henry Cassidy, finally making a reappearance. He was pretty good, surprisingly so, considering he's been off the court for so long. He's so, an All-American. I'm not surprised that he's doing well. No, but he has, he's been off the court. Yeah, he he's surgery. had double hip surgery, and yeah. he's just back. So good to see that the level is still there for him. Uh, but they definitely are in trouble now. Three and seven overall. Interesting, really, stat of the match coming in. Sets played, USC, on the season, 33 sets. Yeah, I had to look it up twice because I thought, wait, I didn't I didn't do my sheet. I, I, I was a little sleepy coming back from Dallas this week on the plane. What were you in Dallas my, for? Uh, Supercross. Drink. 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 So I'm coming back on the plane really early. I'm super tired, and I'm doing all my work. Yesterday, I go to print stuff, and I look at my board just to check it over, and I looked at it and went, wait. 33 sets. Wait, didn't I do you? I thought I went through all the players on USC. There's just no way. Cause I, so I checked it. T- again, I went back and checked the MPSF standings. I, I checked everything. Turns out they're just three and six going into last night's match. They've only played 33 sets. And that threw me for a loop because on the other side, yeah, well, UCLA, UCLA was nine and eight. They had all those five gamers at the beginning, too. But they're also nine and eight. That's 17 matches to yeah. nine. And yep. they played 75 sets. They played more than double, well more than double, the number of sets that USC has played on the season. Hmm. You keep saying sets. You lost me. <laughs> Sorry. So no. what you're saying is there's something fishy is what you're getting at. It's just odd. Yeah. It's just scheduling. I asked Ferguson about it, Bill Ferguson, head coach of USC. I asked him about it, and he said, look, I don't want to play in the outrigger. Or we're not allowed to play in the outrigger anymore. We won't get invited because we have too many Hawaiians. We're stealing from the islands. They, don't they will like not you. let You're us. Not allowed. That makes sense. No, they don't like when you steal artifacts that you come back and exhibit them inside their museum. Yeah, I've seen that Brady Bunch episode. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you've been watching a lot of TV. <laughs> I, mean, I, feel like I feel like there should be a drink for that. I've too. had some time. Yeah. I want to picture you with a television, like the, the Shel Silverstein poem where you turn into a TV. Okay. You turn into a TV. You watch yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, 
anyways, so he's not allowed to come back to the yeah. Micah, Micah, and Henry are both from Hawaii. Yeah, and uh, it helps me not only stealing players, the best players. Madison McKibben, who's a redshirted, his brother Riley previously. So yeah. And then he doesn't want to play in the E-Bar tournament, the Santa Barbara. He doesn't believe in it, doesn't want to play twice a day. He thinks his players won't be healthy. That said, half his team is hurt, and he's only played 33 sets. So I'm not sure what was gained there. You're both both a little bit beat up, and you haven't played very much. Well, it sounds like everybody seems to be coming back about now, which they are should be good timing if they've only played 10 matches so far. You know, the first the first third of the season has been difficult for them, needless to say. But Well, they didn't get a lot of work last night. Now they've only played 36 <laughs> sets. Yeah. So there's there no okay. – catch me up on this. Is there no rule like they by the end of the regular season, they need to play the same amount of matches? Like So then how does that work come tournament? You, you're actually limited for the amount you can play. You yeah. can play as little as you want. I mean, you've got to schedule your conference, but you could you could throw away all your non-conference dates. I think, uh, according to Al, Al Skates worked with me last night. He was saying that USC is actually leaving a couple of dates. Like, they're not playing a couple of times. No, they we did, played um, the alumni match a couple of weeks ago, and they didn't have – it was over a – it was like a week and a half. They didn't have any other matches. It was just us. They had a day off. They had to – one thing that they've had to – It's uh, odd for TV, too. Yeah. They have some weird stuff going on. With well, one thing they've had to address is they can't – because NC2A violations or rules or what have you, you can't practice uh, – Seven days in a row, or something like that. Right. So they had to you give have to have a, a day off. Yeah, have a day off, which I'm sure nobody else even uh, comes up close to because you usually have matches in there. Pat Hayden was on hand last night, wearing a very nice tablecloth shirt. He's a god. So he was there, and we Hayden also defined tablecloth shirt. Yeah, uh, red and white checkers. Okay. Continue. <laughs> the exact right. Got it. Tie. I can totally see it right now. So Pat Hayden there, and also we tried to find Bob Yoder. We tried to identify Bob Yoder, and we identified some random in the crowd. Fonted him Bob Yoder. <laughs> he came on. I said Bob Yoder, and I looked at the screen. And I went, it's not Bob Yoder. And finally, Skate just goes, that's not Bob Yoder. Because he doesn't care. No, it's great. Yeah. It was great. So I was going to go with the magic of television. If we say it's true, it's true. Mm. But Al Skate's having none of it there. Here in Southern California, I went to... The Northern Trust Open over the weekend, Riviera. No golf. PGA event, yeah. I'm really trying to get out there and just experience life right now. And you need golf to find is, your happy uh, place, maybe. Well, golf is a great sport to get right up close with the athletes. <laughs> like, we're walking up the first hole when we, we enter halfway through the first fairway, and you walk up. It's an elevated tee box. And we literally, like, step to the side so that the guys who just teed off in their caddies can – brush by you. It's not like the NBA or anything like that. It's like Pro Beach Volleyball. Pro Beach Close Personal with uh, well, there was such a thing, yeah. <laughs> Define pro. We were having that discussion before the show. I missed uh, my kids going to a uh, box on Friday night for the Kings. Mm-hmm. They had a great time doing that. Columbus, they get Yellow VIP? Jackets versus Kings. How'd they get VIP? Yeah, that's how they roll. I like I'm it. sorry, the who? A friend of ours had a uh, box. Yeah, the Columbus the... Yellow Jackets, I believe is the name, isn't it? In professional hockey? Columbus. No, something's wrong with you. Yeah. Look it up. I don't know. That's Columbus Yellow Jackets? The kids told me it's Columbus. I don't even need to look I it believe up. It's Somebody on the Facebook page or in our chat room. I Is believe it Columbus? Columbus, I think they're the Blue Jackets. Oh, Blue Jackets. Okay. Uh, Yellow Jackets would make more sense. Yeah, Cam. Cam's with me. Cam, Canadian. Well, of course. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, resident hockey expert, by yeah. virtue of your nationality. Comes up once a year, hockey on this show. So the kids... <laughs> the drink, for sure. The kids got to go to that, and then I went to Dallas Supercross. 
which we'll talk about the stadium in just a second because that was it's Cowboys another, Stadium. It's another drink too. In case you guys and know. and then I came home early Sunday morning, went to a basketball game, and then we went to Harlem Globetrotters at Staples, where apparently Black Jeremy was MC. <laughs> Their guy GT. He's out there. He's got a, a really nice looking kind of ensemble. His outfit. He's got you know very nice shoes, good pair of, of tight slacks or uh, dress pants. All you have to say is if he looks like me, people know he looks good. He's got a vest that, and a shirt that just looks killer. He's got the mohawk flowing. He's about the same. He kind of moved like you actually too. I didn't say anything. I was looking at him, going, "Jesus, that's Jeremy." I can't, but I wasn't close enough to get a good shot of him, mm-hmm. you know, or even one that was a bad shot of him, like that Riviera, for little fat Jeremy. Uh, but I didn't say anything. Halfway through the opening act, he's the whole warm-up act with the mascots and stuff. My older son turns to me and goes, "Hey, GT looks just like Jeremy Roche." <laughs> so I immediately had to text Jeremy and say, "Dude, you're you're doing globetrotters." And my response was, obviously, that guy's attractive. He's attractive and talented, I think you yes, said. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, obviously talented. But uh, Globetrotter's a lot of fun. Definitely a kid's program. A little long yeah. for me. Uh, and definitely a an opportunity to suck as many dollars out of you as possible. It was packed. They're selling basketballs for 30 bucks, like the cheapest basketballs ever. My kids are killing me over not buying them a basketball. How much was parking? Uh, five bucks. They parked two blocks away. Oh, yeah. Underneath the 110. You didn't get, no, I didn't go that far. I oh. went two blocks towards the Fox Studios. Oh, okay. Perfect. Five bucks? Yes, I'm in. Nice. I uh, did that, and then tickets were 50 each. We were pretty close. We were about four rows up uh, in one of the corners. They had a guy, call him Tiny, of course. They're huge. Seven foot eight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Seven foot eight. Kind of looks like Brian Scalabrini, too. His neck is way pitched forward. Yeah. Like they, way forward. They Kinda have an crazy. MC now. They have like an on-court host like the and one tapes used to have i mean because when i used to go watch he comes out in between when i used to go watch globetrotters with my dad which was often because they're amazing they would have one of the guys mic'd up they had that when they were playing yes and yeah this guy's special k he was like the host it wasn't like there was an in-between like a geeter or something yeah he kind of got on my nerves or a dustin aroma he kind of got on my nerves because i remember middle arc lemon yeah Back Clown, in the day. Clown Prince. Yeah, he was great. And this guy they call the, the new Clown Prince, Special mm-hmm. K. Yeah. Just making a lot of noise doesn't make you Clown Prince. Fair enough. He's he's Panamanian, but he grew up in L.A., but he's still got a little Panamanian in him. So he's got that accent. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, oh, here we go. He's got a little bit of that. Fat that Albert is actually uh, yeah, hosting. He, he, stop, he uh, spends the whole time <laughs> going, hey, hey, oh, hey, hey, oh, oh, hey, hey, hey. Like, dude, like, dude just play basketball. It's not like the guy on the N1 mixtapes just going, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here comes the clown prince. <laughs> it's a good show. My kids loved it. Of course. Like I said, for it's me, for the kids, a little slow. For the kids, they loved it. They had so much fun. And now you have to buy them both thirty dollars basketball. I did not do that. Jersey, sixty more dollars for God's sake. <sighs> Globe trotters, you're you're making money, buds. I was in my home state over the weekend. It's freezing. Virginia. Yep. Wow. I the, had no winter clothes. The VA in Vala. Yeah. You were in Virginia? I was. Did you get lost? Nope. <laughs> Made a left. I got on a, I got on a plane and it took me there and I was like, where am I? No. <laughs> it was like the high one day was 28. Tornado came by and dropped him. All of a sudden everything was in color. Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, it snowing? Or just there freezing? were flurries at one point. Oh, that's fun. What is a flurry? It's not sticking to the ground, but I am driving in the car and I see it. Mm. And you get excited. You hope it's going to snow. I was like, well, it's either do it or don't. 
You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to be cold, let's snow. If you're not, then let's warm it up a little bit. It was hot here. I heard. In the 70s. It's awesome. Now it's going to rain. Happy yeah. to be back. Thanks for coming back. I do need a car wash, though, so the rain will be perfect. <laughs> that never works, by the way. Well, it does when... It clears it off, but, like, your car's so dirty. Well, you don't have a lot of disposable income. You need to <laughs> clear things off whenever you can. Just push the reset button every now and then. You need the California chamois, that little wipe down they have for the car, a little tub of duster for your vehicle. Hmm. So I was at uh, Arlington, Texas, Cowboys Stadium. Huge. <laughs> How big did you look on the big screen? I, I wonder I wonder which is bigger, Reliant or Cowboys? Because they're both the enormous. Stadium? Yeah, Reliant is in Houston. Yeah. And it sits next to the Astrodome, which I always thought mm-hmm. of as an enormous arena. Mm-hmm. It dwarfs the Astrodome. Yeah. makes it look like a little hut. Yeah. Well, doesn't Dallas Stadium, isn't like 100,000 people can sit in there or close to it? Uh, for the Super Bowl, I think it was close to that. I think they took some of those out. I don't know. Because it was temporary seating. Right. Gotcha. But the big right. thing is the the screen. Largest high-def screen in the world when it came out three years ago. Don't know if that's still the case. I but don't think it is. 126 feet by 72 feet. It runs from the 25-yard line to the 25-yard line. On both sides. There's two of them. Oh, yeah. Think and about then, how heavy that thing is. Oh, I saw a thing on it. It weighs... Uh, God, my son was looking up the stats. It was some enormous amount of tons. It was like 216, or no, 6,000 tons. 6,000 tons, that's what it was. I remember punters were hitting it, like in preseason games. On purpose. They were, because they were wondering, like, what what if I just, you know, lay this one out and bounce his back? It's in play, bud. 6,000 tons. They don't, they don't have access from the top. You don't go into, like, the strata of the stadium and come down. There's a little thing drops out of the bottom so you can get lifted into the house. That is the video screen ensemble because there's those are on the sides facing the sideline. Yep. On the ends are 52 by 26 feet screens, which are, by the way, bigger than most jumbotrons in stadiums, especially dumps like Qualcomm and O.co. And by the way, so you just go to the game and instead of watching the players, you just watch the TV board. Yeah. It was great for replays. Like in the front row at a movie theater, you're just looking straight up the whole time. Oh, my God. It was fantastic. I got a couple of photos here. We should put one of these on the Facebook page. I know the guy that uh, there, runs the video board entertainments. There it is during the day. That's during the day, Dustin. Wow. It's open. They open the top, so it's a retractable roof. Oh, uh, that was actually the roof was retracted later in the evening. That was it's kind of like a skylight. Apparently, but there so it is at God night. can see his team play. Is what I've been told. <laughs> there it is at night. Wow. For all the all of you. You also got a text message there from Chris McGee that said, who is this? <laughs> I know. I, don't want <laughs> I have no idea whose number you are. Geeter. Why are you texting me? Same time. I'm big time My now. girl, Diana Stop Dahlgren. texting me. Diana what? Dahlgren. Miss Supercross. Ooh. Who's the girl on the right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it was uh, absolutely amazing. We were up there on the big screen. Actually, a friend of mine here got a text from a friend of theirs in Texas saying, isn't this your friend? Like, big picture of me on the screen. Nice. So, yeah, fun to be on there. But I... I it's a great stadium. Feel self-conscious stadium. when you're like 100 feet tall or anything? Or you... I, I wouldn't dance. <laughs> I've actually got a rule. Anyone over 6'4 should never dance with their hands above the level of their head. Hmm. Why is that? It looks stupid. <laughs> I mean, you can be the best dancer stupid. in the world. If you're six foot six and you put your hands up, it just looks real goofy. I'm under the impression that guys look goofy dancing anyways. Unless I can't dance. a guy's dancing with a girl. I'm terrible. You can't be dancing solo. Even or, if I dance with a girl, I'm terrible. Or with another guy. Or well, yeah. <laughs> or, California. Yeah. Or you're just pogoing, which I like to refer to as yeah. the white person dance. 
Yeah. I can't just dance. jump straight up and down. I, I need classes or something. I can't figure you out. You don't what know. To do. Well, it doesn't shock me because you don't know artists, but uh, you can't even just step side to side on beat. I could do that. Then that's all you need to do. Yeah. You just but, live in like Hitch. Yeah. You, you just live, live here, right here, right here, just back and forth. <laughs> I need right to on watch beat. Hitch. Yeah. You just live right there. Hitch also co-starring Chip McCall's wife. So there's the volleyball yeah. reference yeah. for you there. Yeah. You're, Amber welcome, every, you're welcome, everybody. Oh. Amber Valletta. We're back. Him back Albert in. played with him for a few tournaments. Chip McCaw. Yeah, I think Albert. Albert wave. Yeah, I think Albert National holds the record. I played with him for four years. I think Albert holds the record for playing with the most partners. We'll ask him about that. No, well, I yeah. think that's true. I was thinking of Albert a couple of days ago because the Alabama cruise was back in port after four days adrift. You were thinking about him because they had. To that was the one that got. Stranded out there, or got stuck. Yeah, in the I just Gulf said he runs something. cruises, and what happens if uh, one of the NVL cruises goes? goes they've never been on a boat, Kevin. I thought they did the boat thing. No, it's not on a boat. Maybe they should. <laughs> well, there you go. Shows what I know about. How are you vacation. sliding out? Like if I stuff somebody on a boat and it bounces off the ground, then off into the ocean. Well, they big have that. They have big. That is a big yeah, yeah. I got it. I'll be right back. Last guy down has to go off. <laughs> and get it. Everybody drops to a knee if you if you're last. No, Albert's volleyball vacations are not on a boat. No, I thought somebody did a uh, some tours, a cruise, a cruise with like volleyball players. You get to hang out with the players. Bud Light did a sponsor thing where some of the players went on the cruise, but it wasn't like a. Volleyball Maybe that's vacation what I'm thinking. Of. We should ask him why he doesn't do it. Think it's time. a great idea. Maybe out. we should broadcast from the boat. The thing about that boat is, I just envisioned like the little tiny tugboats that are pulling that thing in are just pulling for their lives. I mean, those like. How big a cruise ship is, and then how tiny an actual tugboat is. I think I can. I think I can. Exactly. That's all I kept thinking about every time they would The little blue train. The yep, exactly. Get it done. I love the people that are now suing the cruise company. The cruise company gave them a refund, offered them a whole other cruise, and 500 bucks. But somehow, people are suing them, one person for, quote, loss of enjoyment of life. Because you had to poop in a bag. Loss of, in, that's a good one. Quote. I'm going to tell people that from now on. Here's the problem with cruises. People okay? are embarrassing. You're you're stuck. That's the problem right there. You're stuck. If you're not if you're not in port, you're stuck. Yeah. That's the that's the worst part about it. And and you sign up for that. So I went on a cruise to Alaska. Had a blast. It was great. Where you but your cruise didn't shut down. Yeah. You, have to, well, you didn't have to poop in a bag. Absolutely. Yeah. But look, if it shuts down and they offer you first of all a refund of all your fees. I've heard and then some of that. A whole other cruise if, and five hundred bucks. But I heard the five hundred bucks. Free cruise. I heard some of that, though. You have to, like, sign up for another cruise to get, like, the 500 bucks as well. Okay. Just saying. I'm not going on another cruise after that experience. I would. I got hired to DJ a booze cruise from Vancouver back to Los Angeles. Okay. Three days. Three worst days of my life. Wow. Well, being an entertainer is different than being a guest, no? I had the privilege of being a guest. I didn't have to live in, like, the servant quarters. Okay. Um, I had all the privileges that the guest did. It was miserable. Why? It was just miserable. It was the worst experience I've ever had in my life. DJ. Wow. See, I had never been on a cruise, and I went to Alaska last summer, and man, I had a great time. Loved it. I would do it again in That's a the only cruise I would do would be in Alaska, because you can see things from the boat that you wouldn't be able to see any other way. Yeah. Unless I'm swimming. I thought the boat was fun. I had a great time. The one day that we had 8-foot seas or 10-foot seas, I, that didn't make me very happy. But no. But even the right. crew was struggling. However big the boat is... You still can't get off unless yeah, you're stuck. stuck. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're not true. going anywhere. Good luck. Hope you like being on the boat because you don't have a choice. <laughs> Somebody said like it turned into Akron. <laughs> like all of a sudden you're stuck in Akron. Yeah. My mom went on a cruise and she said 90% of the people on the cruise had a rascal. Yeah, they're. Yeah. Uh, it's an old person haven. Yeah, I didn't like the one cruise I've been on. And they're fat. 
a rascal. Really fast. That's why you have to have a rascal to get around. Actually, I've been on two. I went on one of the uh, three-day, you know, starts in L.A., goes to Catalina, San Diego, and Ensenada. Cool. That's a good one. Because then, you, you know, every morning you're in a port. Here's what I would do with my money. You're not stuck. You're not stuck. <laughs> a year ago, I went on that British Virgin Islands trip. We chartered a boat, a cat, 60-foot cat, two of them. Wow. And that trip was epic. First little problem there. I did not want to come home. White people problems. Yeah. I just want to stay. I think I've seen photos of that. <sighs> Dude, it was unreal. I mean, that's the experience. You want to go charter a boat, go charter in the British Virgin Islands. Did you side out on the cat? Uh, we could have sighted out on one of the beaches. Mm. But I, I wouldn't rent a house. After that experience, I would not rent a house. You'd just stay on the boat. Well, Or the cat, as you like to refer to it. The cat, yeah. <laughs> I Well, because if you rent a house, you're just on the island, right? You're stuck. You're going out. You're cooking. You're doing whatever else. You're you're there. You're relaxing. And you're not going anywhere else. On the boat, we were at a new place every night. Yeah. We would pull into a big cove, and we'd be there. And Who was the captain of this boat? You have a captain. And captain a Ron. 26-year-old guy from uh, South Africa. Captain Rob, who's that? The movie. Yeah, Captain great, great flag. Oh, I was thinking the... Kurt Russell? Yeah, I think that, yeah. I was thinking John Candy, Summer Rental. Oh, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one, too. The AVP was in Hawaii one year. Uh-huh. and it was, Really? Yeah, one year. I think we went twice. But I stayed a couple extra days, and a group of us, we went out on a catamaran, and it was a lady that worked with us and her mom, and her mom, I thought, was like in her 60s. So they're on the mesh part. We're coming back in. The waves are bouncing. Like the front of the boat's Trampoline. way up in the air. And yeah. then, bam. Afternoon booze cruise style. Exactly. Yeah. One time, they, the two of them, the coworker and her mom, were on the netting. We go up. We hit the water. They are fully submerged. <laughs> I'm the only one that reacts, by the way. I'm holding onto a rope and swinging out there to see if I can save it because I thought for sure they're gone. Like, I didn't, their whole bodies were submerged. They come back up. I'm like, oh, my God, they're in a full panic. Her mom's probably dead. Her mom looks back at us and is laughing like I've never seen somebody laugh in my entire life. Mind you, she's wearing like a full dress. She's like Lieutenant Dan. And she's like 75. Yeah. She's Lieutenant Dan. Exactly. It was is that all you got? Hysterical. Like fully like didn't see them. I'm like, oh, they're washed out to sea. We'll never see them again. They're dead. <laughs> Pop back up. It was the funniest thing that's ever yeah. happened to them in their life. Wow, cool. Best, best volleyball experience I've ever had. <laughs> had nothing to do with volleyball. Had nothing to do with volleyball. <laughs> you got new legs. <laughs> we have we've killed off a half hour and finally we will uh we will take a break here on the net live and we'll be right back with john costy of stanford maybe he'll get us back to some volleyball talk we'll discuss the men's season and his stanford cardinal the net live back in just a moment
if I care after that song. You don't. I like that song. That was good stuff right yep. there. Is that Ting Tings or something? No, but I that's that's a good guess. That's Not bad. Guess. Yeah. Who is it? Um, Iconic Pop. I Iconic think. Pop. Hold on. Okay. I think you said it right somewhere. Reed Pretty was pogoing. He was pogoing for sure. Welcome back to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen, here on a Tuesday. Jeremy, we have our first guest. Iconic Pop. Iconic Pop. Okay. Yeah, you I love it. Name of the song. Let's, get, our, let's get a little yeah. music going for this guy. As opposed to non-music. As opposed to non-music. Hold on. There we go. Our next guest is in his, I think, 47th year with Stanford. He's been assistant coach, associate head coach, and now head coach of the men's program and engineered a three-year transformation. When he took over, they went 3-25. and 25. Three years later, they went 24-6, and six, taking home a national championship. He's in his seventh season now. Please welcome to the Net Live once again, John Costi. Thanks for having me. Hey, John, thanks for calling in. We always appreciate uh, you coaches spending time out of your busy weeks right now to talk to us. And this seems like, John, just a nutty men's season. Is it? Is it as nutty on the inside as it seems like from the outside where the number one team loses constantly and you're never quite sure match to match who's going to show up? You know what? Uh, I think we've. I think uh, the MPSF has been waiting for the day that uh, we have true balance from top to bottom, and we've. I think we finally reached that day where um, there's so much talent in boys volleyball coming through that everybody's got some really solid players, and uh, we're seeing uh, we're seeing strong boys programs filtering through into the MPSF now, and uh, just creates so much balance, and it's uh, it's great for the fans. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, that things are extending even beyond, I guess, Cal BAP now is in the MPSF, but they this is their first season there. Both Harvard and Cal BAP showing talent where we really haven't seen it before. Yep, and, uh, you know, with Harvard, uh, Brian Bates is doing a great job out there recruiting, and, 
and Cal, and Cal Baptist, they, uh, they've been waiting for this season for three, I'd say three or four years now, um, getting all their guns ready and planning for it. And, and they're making a strong show in the MPSF their first season. So, you know, I just, it's, it's great for the MPSF. It's tough. It's tough on the head coaches and their their coaching staff trying to figure out ways to win. Um, but what it seems like right now is you just have to hold home court advantage and uh, do your best on the road. Yeah, your team this past week seems like a perfect example of what's happening. You go out and you beat CSUN, Cal State Northridge, 3-1, and then you lose to Long, Long Beach, uh, 0-3. And Long Beach actually now climbing the rankings, uh, doing a great job of, of, uh, of moving up the rankings. But... Tell us about your squad and some of the challenges that you're facing this season. Uh, a little bit on the inexperienced side. Um, we've got uh, we're doing the libero rotation of offense and defense, and and this is the first time both of them have um, started, let alone have significant playing time. And um, and they're taking over for Eric Soji, who you know was a very talented libero. So they learned a lot, but now they're getting match experience. We we're starting a freshman setter in James Shaw, who's doing a tremendous job for us. But uh, again, uh, inexperienced sometimes. Um, we do have a couple veterans uh, on the outside in Brian Cook and Stephen Irvin, but they're still juniors and you know still learning how to compete day after day in this long MPSF season. And um, and we have one senior in Jake Kanneller uh, on the entire roster. So uh, we're we're on the young side and we're feeling feeling the bumps along the way, but you know we're doing a good job uh, overall this season. Yeah, Jake Canella, that one is senior, so you will have a, a good squad for a few years to come here. How about your setting situation? You have a couple of very important names from the world of volleyball. James Shaw, his father, the longtime coach there at Stanford, both the men's and the women's programs, Don Shaw, and then Joe Stavertlick. And, yeah, you're not going to hear Stavertlick thrown around a lot, so it is the son of Bob Stavertlick. I mean, what's it like having a couple of second-generation talents on there and, and their volleyball IQ and then also dealing with their fathers? <laughs> uh, you know what? Dealing with their fathers are great. Um, they've, uh, they've done a tremendous job in parenting and uh, parenting both in life and in volleyball. And uh, they have full confidence in handing the reins over to my staff, and um, they've been great to work with. And, yes, they're legendary, uh, legendary players and coaches, who now sons are going through the same experiences they had, and uh, they're offering a lot of guidance to them, uh, but also letting them experience it for themselves and, and create their own path. Uh, they, they're, uh, Joe is a setter, not an outside hitter, and James is a setter and not an outside hitter slash middle blocker. So um, different career paths for them in the world of volleyball, but uh, we've also had uh, some other parents, uh, some other siblings come through. We also have uh, Stephen Irvin on our team. Chris, his father, played at UCLA. Um, Eric Maholsky, his dad, played at UCLA. Uh, Brian Cook's uncle is John Cook of Nebraska. The Soji family came through. So it's, uh, um, it's, it's great to see the legends of our sports uh, family coming back through again and really revitalizing, um, one, their names and their legacies, but number two is just uh, the world of volleyball. Coach, uh, you mentioned earlier your strategy in swapping out the liberos and, and also having to replace Shoji there, um, you know, the most decorated libero probably in the history of the men's NCAA. What's the strategy behind kind of going to that, that 
dual-headed monster of libero. We've seen it a little <laughs> bit at the other programs. How did you guys come to that decision and strategy, and how's it working for you? You know what? It's uh, it, it's it, it has its pros and cons. Definitely, uh, it's working out for us. Um, uh, Scott Sakaida is a, uh, at this point a better passer, a uh, more consistent passer than Grant Delgado, and Dra- Grant Delgado has had some phenomenal digging nights for us. And the nice thing is we can control who goes in and who doesn't. If somebody's having an off night, we can go to a single libero. Um, there's no substitution rules with that. But it's, um, it is a little tough on the liberos because they have just one job to do. And sometimes they do feel the pressure of, I have to, I have to pass this ball perfectly because this is the only opportunity I get to make a uh, contribution to this team because I will get subbed out and won't be able to make the dig if I make create a bad pass. So there is some added pressure that they can put on themselves, but uh, our guys are doing a, doing a great job this year so far. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I wanted to touch on with you, and this is Dustin, was I know that you've been at Stanford for, as, as Kevin said, quite a while, 23 years, I think, from, from various coaching positions. But you came from down here in, in Southern California. What's it like being a SoCal kid, and, and how did you fall in love with Northern California? Uh, that was a long, long time ago. Let me let me think back to those days. Um, you know, I love Southern California, and I just slowly migrated up the coast. It uh, my as as everybody's journey, you you end up in a place that you never thought you were going to end up. Uh, started started off at being a Baron at Fountain Valley High School and loved it. Uh, didn't want to truly leave, so I went to Golden West for a year and played uh, played with Luann excuse me, Luann Selsky, and then uh, Albert Gasparian was my assistant coach at that time. Uh, played a year there, and Ken Preston at Santa Barbara recruited me, and that felt like a great fit, and it was. I went up there and graduated, and uh, slowly migrated to Northern California following the real estate market, but got caught up in an earthquake and a recession, and. Uh, Fred Sturm at that time took the national team job and an opening came up and I applied and and it's uh, <laughs> never looked back. Never thought I would be here 23 years, but I'm excited to be here still. And uh, it's been a great run. Coach, you're one of the few guys that I can think of name guys come out of UC Santa Barbara. Eric Fanoimawana, uh comes to mind also. Uh, who are the other famous Santa Barbara alumni that I'm missing in my memory here? Uh, there's a lot. Uh, the Gormans early on, um, Jim McLaughlin, Eric, uh, wow. not Eric, Dave Soji, to Don Shaw, to newly elected, con- newly elected Congressman Jared Huffman, um, to uh, Randy Itner. These are back in my day. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the, the Gauchos have, have done a tremendous job of consistently putting out solid players. And this year, uh, it may on paper seem like they're struggling, but they've got a talented team. Um, and, uh, and at some point, they're going to they're gonna get back on the winning track. Um, you know, Dylan Davis in the middle is just a strong middle blocker. Uh, Matt Marsh on the outside, solid too. So it's, um, they've got a good team, and then historically, they've had a great team. Um, I'm... I, uh, I'm waiting for the day that they will get their first national championship, but uh, um, it's getting tougher and tougher to do. Yeah, they got close. Was it two seasons ago, I believe? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was. It was pretty close. Now you you already have that national championship, and uh, th- once you get a national championship, 
what is it like to go into each season wanting to have that feeling again? How does it change your own coaching style or your own your own feelings about coaching your team and the way you approach a season once you already have a taste of that ultimate success? You always want it again, but you also realize that the stars have to align. Uh, it's it, you're either one injury away or or um, one serve that drops over the net the wrong way. You know, it, there's a lot of things that are out of your control, but the thing that I look at is each team is different. When we went to the national championships in 92, that was a different team that won in 97, and the 97 team was far different than the 2010 team, and the team I have now is different than all of those. So you have to approach it as this is a unique group of individuals, and it will change year to year, and you've got to figure out what will motivate them and what uh, what skills do they offer to really put a solid team on the court, both offensively and defensively. Uh, and we, we approach it differently every single year, knowing that this group is going to be different than the year, the year previous, even though they may be the same um, team members, but maturity, growth, all of that take place, and we've got to keep changing it up to make sure it's fresh and exciting uh, and we're doing the right things to to put the right team on the court. 97, that was a pretty good squad. Ferbs, Lambert. Oh, yep. Andy Witt. Andy Witt. Stuart Chong was our setter at 5'10". Keenan Whitehurst. Mike. Yep. What was the middle? Mike, Mike Hofer. Uh, Hofer. Mike Hofer. Yep. Yeah, we lost to that team first round of the playoffs. Nicely done. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot, Dustin. You know, uh, that was... Again, let me going back to that and saying that the perfect storm, uh, Matt Fuhrbringer redshirted his freshman year because he was behind a guy named Dave Goss who sent the NC2A kill record. You're well, pretty- Mike Lambert didn't redshirt, but he also he went to the 96 Olympic Games, which offered him a redshirt opportunity, which put that team together. So, you know, those types of things need to happen along the along the way for for teams to to gel at the right time. Oh, good. So you were on the BYU program right there. Just put everybody uh, out, bring them back <laughs> at the right time, time it yep. out with missions. Yeah. Yep, yeah, exactly. Ferb's absolute roof down on Paul Neapoli for the match and the championship. That's right. Wasn't that in five? Yeah. 15 13 in the fifth. How about that? Ooh. Yep. I still use that when I announced Ferb's on the beach. I did it in Vegas this year. He loved it. <laughs> Paul Neapoli didn't like it too much, though. He was there, too. Neapoli, one of those guys that you could see a silhouette of Paul Neapoli hitting, you wouldn't even know it was who it was, and you'd go, oh, that's Neapoli. Yeah, five ten super strong. That's right. Nobody swung like that, Coach. We mentioned the season this year, the up and down nature of this season, getting ranked number one, getting shot down. Who are the real contenders this year? You know, I, there's a lot. Uh, Long Beach is really consistent right now. Um, you know, we're we're a long shot, but I think we've got a shot if we can get gelled together. Irvine Irvine has the talent they had last year, and uh, I think they're they're definitely one of the front runners. Um, BYU, I think BYU still has a little bit of proving to do. Uh, most of their matches, if not all of their matches so far, besides this past weekend, have been played up in Provo. So um, they're going to get road tested here, and that's that's one of the true ta- challenges in the MPSF is is to get off your home floor and see um, see where you know see where every see where the chips lie. Uh, Pepperdine, um, I hope Kyle Garens is doing well, but uh, they lost one of their outside hitters over the weekend. Uh, one of their starters, so uh, I think Pepperdine still has the depth to to make a run at it. Um, and uh, you know, 
I think there's some teams in the Midwest that that are talented also, and we'll see we'll see who comes out of the Midwest and uh, and gets into the into the Final Four. Does Harvard have a chance in the EVA? Well, after beating Penn State in three, they get a, once you get to the Final Four, anything can happen, and so uh, I, you know they they have to win two, they have to get through the MI or the EIVA and win two matches. All right, let's get, let's get back to your team for a second here. Every year you come in with a plan and kind of knowing your personnel or thinking you know your personnel. Who's the kid that surprised you the most through the first half of the season? You know what I think? Uh, I think there's there's two. One is uh, Jake Canellers doing a great job for us. He's uh, he's our senior leader. Uh, first time he's he's had significant playing time on the floor, and and he's doing a really good job energizing our team. And uh, the other guy is Stephen Irvin, you know, the guy who doesn't get a lot of the press, is not the big rah-rah guy, but he's gone out and just passes nails and puts balls away for us. And he's had some big matches against some big teams. And uh, Stephen Irvin's just just a solid kid, and uh, he's playing really well this season. What do you think about having some of the matches televised with the Pac-12 network? And you can see Barney on there. Do you watch and throw stuff at the screen when he's – Messing up kids' names and calling Bob Yoder, Yoder when it's not really him and that sort of thing. Uh, you know what? I, being on TV is awesome. It's uh, I think that it's really bringing uh, men's volleyball across the country with the Pac-12 network. I also think just streaming in general. Uh, we stream all of our matches that are not televised, and a lot of other programs do too. And it's just a great way to watch. Uh, men's volleyball in this country now and we it's something that we didn't have we had to go to BYU or we had to go to Hawaii to get on TV now the Pac-12 network with eight or nine matches this year and hopefully expanding next year uh, really gives men's volleyball uh, a coast-to-coast feel instead of just a localized west coast um, uh, on localized on the west coast on TV so I think it's great and I think the Pac-12 Network's doing a tremendous job in televising. Um, the matches are going very smoothly, being on television, and then uh, I have the opportunity to re- watch it either that night or the next day, which I always like to do. And it's better to listen to the commentary than just a static camera sitting on the end zone and uh, falling asleep because there's no sound to it. I used to fall asleep to some video. <laughs> it's tough to watch. <laughs> we <they're>, all do. <laughs> it's not, sometimes the announcers are ambient noise, but uh, sometimes it's it's a little bit better than nothing. What uh, you mentioned, you're going on the road. You're going to BYU. You mentioned the yep. need for success on the road. What is the toughest gym to play in? Um, you know what? It's uh, one. I think one of the toughest gyms is is the Pyramid for Long Beach State. Very, ah. very few gyms are shaped that way with the lighting that way and the depth perception that way. It is a vast emptiness above you. And so I think that one's a little underrated just for the gym itself. Now for the crowd and everything else, I think uh, Stanford's a tough place to play, especially when we play in yeah. Burnham Pavilion. Um, but Hawaii is great because the fans are just volleyball fans. And they love when it's in Hawaii too, don't they? What, excuse me. They love Costies out there, at UH. Yes, they love Costies. They, yeah. you know what? They just love volleyball. And my brother played out there, and he's he truly loved it. And uh, and 
the crowds are just great and loud. Uh, Provo, Utah, another in, at BYU is another great place to play. Uh, really gets loud, four to five thousand people every night. It's it's a fun it's a fun atmosphere. And then um, uh, then going, uh, we I have not played at Cal Baptist. I, we have not even seen the gym, and so I heard that's a a small tight gym that's going to be loud and exciting to play in. Also, so we're looking forward to this weekend. It was standing room only at Cal Bath for UCLA. They were turning people away because it was that packed. And it doesn't really matter how big the gym is. It just matters how crowded the gym is. And uh, you mentioned Burnham at Stanford. That's one of those like uh, USC. What's the name of the, the small North hall? Gym. Yeah. Put some windows at one end and play volleyball during the day. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. When the, Burnham. What, yeah, when they, uh, when they built the gym in the 40s, I think this place was built. Maybe the 30s. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, they they just plopped it in and threw up a little shell, and it's. I think it's just a great place to play in. I think Maples is a great place also. I yeah, think Maples, we got two it, it, two great venues here. You got the bouncy floor at Maples and nope, everything. Nope, bouncy floor is gone. <laughs> yep. No more bouncy. Yeah. Had, to get, had to get rid of it because I was bouncing too big. They were like, if that guy can bounce here, we need to fix something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John Cossey, thank you very much for coming on the show and spending some time with us. We know you have BYU and Cal BAP coming up back-to-back Saturday and then Monday uh, within a week from now, and we appreciate the time you spent here on the program. Thank you, guys. It was been great. All right, Thanks, John Cossey, head coach at Stanford University for the men. I love his answer to that most difficult uh, arena because the pyramid, he's dead on. I yeah. hate or I, I hate it, I guess. I hated that gym. I loved it. Hated it. I, we went and played a match my senior year, and the way that I hit, I hit high balls. I looked up at the ball the whole time. It went right into those bank of lights. I yeah. could not see a thing. Yeah, for uh, for some of the audience, the, the difference there is the depth perception in the room, the room between the ball and the ceiling in that gym. And you're not is, used to it as a young player. It's crazy compared to any other yeah. gym that you play in. It's literally a pyramid. It is. In it literally people is. have not seen right. it yeah. or no. And they didn't yeah, shape it. It. We're not just calling it that. It's not just a clever name. Yeah. They didn't shape it as a pyramid, put a roof and a big triangular attic on it. No. No, it's all the way to the top. Yeah. And it is a little odd because when you're a college player, you've never played in a big arena like that. I mean, that's no. why Stan Sheriff is a little bit different too because the roof is pretty high there. Yeah, at UH. Arena. Yeah. At UH. Yeah, exactly. So, it's uh, I didn't like Pyramid until I went to national team tryouts later that year. Yeah. We played on the side court. I played pretty well. And like, I went, oh, oh I like the Pyramid's not so bad. Well, that's <laughs> got to work out in like a little home court advantage, don't you think? Because those Absolutely. kids, yeah. do they, I assume they practice in there too? I assume. I would uh, hope so. Or there's other stuff going on. I there. But they play there more than anybody else, obviously. So yeah. it's, it's got to be an advantage. They have the gold mine too. Speaking of, that's uh, what they used to play. Speaking yeah. of secondary smaller gyms, the gold mine, Rob Gym. Yeah, there's all, every school that has a nice big gym has a teeny secondary one, too. Yeah, then there's Pepperdine, which has just one teeny gym. Yeah, it's a weird feeling. They have a program still? Burnham Pavilion, where my career ended. Burnham? Burnham. Oh. Took off the jersey for the very last time. Here? I was sad. I was sad. Did it dawn on you like that? You, you like yeah, that? I went to the locker room and, and sat down. I was like, well. That was the end of his career, though. I mean, no, I know, but the last time you could put that jersey on. Yeah, yeah. that was the end of Pepperdine. So you knew you were in the moment. You knew, like, this celebrate. Is, this is going to be it. Probably celebrate it. Yeah. No, I I, yeah. I loved playing for Pepperdine. I would have played. Went I right. playing for Mar Dunphy. I would have played another year. Went right to the end. I tried to redshirt. Yeah. When J.J. Riley got hurt, I tried to redshirt, but it wasn't going to work. The uh, Costi, the job at Stanford is, you know, it's a cool little 
little program up there. I mean, that's it's. You think of Southern California, right? When you think of, especially the, especially the the men's side of things historically, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you've got you know the Penn States, Ohio States, but Northern California, Stanford's just been kind of a a star on the on the map up there. It's not like there's been a lot of other schools. I mean, Pacific is up there, and that's the trip that you make. But it, it's always you're always focused. No disrespect to Pacific, but you're always focused on Stanford when you go up there for that weekend trip. Yeah, Pacific's a throw-in. Yeah, Pacific's no no real threat. But I think when you're talking about West Coast volleyball and the excellence of that, Stanford gets thrown in along with BYU and Hawaii, so they somehow get sucked. Yeah, opposite directions and end up on the on the West Coast. Yeah, but like uh, Jay said in the chat room, there it's a great school, great location, great facilities. I mean, oh, yeah. what else could you want, right? Not to mention their record, especially uh, historically, has been pretty spot on. And Costi's a great coach. I think he had to be a little weird, though. You think so? Uh, there's a lot of Stanford guys I met. They're they're odd. Oh. They're different. Well, it's, I know it's academically challenging. It's too smart, I guess. Yeah, I don't you know. You're, it's like cow. you're not on their level, maybe. Okay. <laughs> and not and not saying Furby's the most normal Stanford guy I've ever spoken with. Like he can relate to like yes, he's way smarter than anybody. Furby Furby might be the most yeah. present company excluded guy well, obviously. from yeah. Stanford that I've ever met. Yeah, yeah. Mike Ofer, strange dude. Yeah. Keenan Whitehurst, strange dude. Yeah, well. Got a couple of championships up there. Andy Witt, strange dude. Kanan Seaman, nice guy. DJ'd his wedding. Yeah. But I can see how some people like... Strange dude. Next time we have Canyon on, and I don't normally talk about this, but ask him about the time I absolutely roofed him <laughs> while we were siding out. He might be more interested in talking about suplexes and DDT. No, no. He, he definitely will be. He will talk about me just absolutely... And I didn't like... I did it, and I didn't say anything about it. He came up on stage. He's like, oh, have you been telling everybody about how you roofed me? I was like, no, you just did for me. Thank you. I turned his program on the other day, WWF, in the hotel in Dallas. WWE. Or E. Yeah. I hadn't watched in a while. Yeah. And uh, they had to change it from F, right? Mm-hmm. Kenyon's boss is Triple H. Now, do you call him Triple H? I don't know. Like, He's you Mr. Go, H? <laughs> Mr. H? Yeah. I've got a meeting with the H's. <laughs> See, we had him on the show. Yeah, uh, after he was hired. Yeah, yeah, that's right. When uh, I had him back. When we were, we were talking about Mike Morrison, Jason Ring, and George Romain. Like, who would make a volleyball good... For talent. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Who would make a good... Pro wrestler, Austin Rester came up. Austin Rester would be. He's got to. He's got to kick up the personality a bit. Love yeah. Austin, but he's got to be over the top if you're going to be a wrestler, right? Yeah. You got to have Rosenthal in Rester's body. That would work. Yeah, I'd watch that. I could see Reed being a tag team partner, just flying in from the ropes off the top rope. Yeah. <laughs> He'd have to have Jesus or something attached to his name. God's <laughs> Crusader. A, a big cross. Yeah. He would come out in chest. a robe. Yeah, you've seen it's like, with incense. You've yeah. seen uh, what's his name with the big uh, Brock Lesnar yeah. with the big sword. Nice. Reed would have one of those gothic ornate crosses. Awesome. Yeah. His next career would probably make more money than he does in volleyball. Ooh, I don't know. Not now. It was true ten years ago. No, about today. If you're a big deal in wrestling, you're making a lot. I was listening to one of yeah, our shows. Yeah, but he's Reed shows. pretty. I mean, that's on. true. My bad. Yeah. I was listening to one of our shows from three years ago. Sorry. 2010. Reed in Russia. With his uh, seven and seven and his microphone, <laughs> sounded good. Geeter, Sounds amazing. Geeter, brand new to the show. DJ Roche, not here yet. It was BJ before Jeremy. Oh yeah. <laughs> we had Dan Madden still here for, for some reason. Dan didn't quite have a job yet. 
Didn't have a mic that day because we had Geeter here for like one of the very so, first glad times. It's, glad it's not just me. We bring yeah, somebody else and just get kicked out. Yeah. Geeter was talking about the the AVP schedule about to come out and how there were 12 dates, how they were going to be in Malibu with the surf festival. That, that never that happened. Happen. What no. year was that? 10. This was uh, February 22nd of 10. It's the last one that's available on iTunes via the blog talk. Interesting. Because I just scrolled down. Just to see I thought, oh, let's just listen to something old and see see what it was like back then. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Some of the topics that come up and some of the way things are getting talked about. Everything was very positive about the AVP and its deal with ESPN and ABC and talking about will ESPN adopt the AVP as one of their properties. Well, they didn't. They never cared. They didn't show it. And all all that interesting talk that uh, so much of it is the same today, but yeah, I had a little even worse Twitter back and forth with Jess Geisen. She was making comments on Twitter about how volleyball were this is our form of the lockout, even though there's no disagreement between players and upper management. But there's, there's no a skip. disagreement between the marketplace yeah. and the sport. And I, you know, I tweeted. I was like, well, what suggestions do you have? Because I want to hear what players suggestions are now like i don't and it's not a shot of her but i don't want to hear people complain anymore i want them to tell me give me solutions you know what i'm saying i on the show i complain about it and i can tell you right now i don't have a solution because if i did i'd be telling people and let's get it happening but like you need to sell something it needs to be cool and you can't sell just a lifestyle anymore you can't do it right and she came up she's like well she's like i thought the bikinis would sell themselves and maybe we should just go out there and play naked and i said I saw some of that. Yeah, I was like, that's great and all, but I don't want to see Jake Gibb and Casey Patterson as much as I like them. I don't need to see them out there siding out naked. Well, let's let's get to the practical. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know what I'm saying. Let's get to the practical <laughs> problem here. You know what I'm hitting at. Where did we go here? Jess is going to need a little support up top. You can't have things going up and down real fast. And the guys are going to need a little support down below because you saying. can't have things flapping. Like, I don't care if you see it. But you're going to have an issue when you go to hit and you've got momentum going the opposite direction. Bikinis and board shorts are more sexy than you playing out there naked. Oh, no doubt. 100%. Uh, well, hold on, though. There's two parts to that statement you just put in there. If you're playing a sport naked, it's not attractive. If a male is playing a sport naked, no, even, it's not going to no. be good. Females play, no, it's not attractive, Kevin. I don't know. Women can do a lot of things naked and it's attractive, even to other women who are not gay, but even to other women visually... <laughs> If, I offended, more if Kevin offended anybody, if he offended, I'm just kidding, Kevin. If you offended, if I offended if someone, you offended consider someone. yourself, uh, <laughs> you've joined the group. Yeah. But the female body much more attractive than the male body when you talk full nude. Yeah? Oh, 100%. Even for other women aesthetically, no, 100, just purely from an artistic 100%, side. 100%. But nobody wants to see people playing sports naked. Brent Musburger right now uh, getting in trouble. <laughs> Dustin has left the show. Is your is it your microphone? Um, He's looking for. You just don't know how to get in this conversation. Where are we going with this? Do you remember the when ESPN the magazine came out? It was a commercial with Kevin Garnett and I think Stephon Marbury, and they were sitting there and he's just like, "There'll be no one pieces, (laughs) no bikinis, all nude, but tasteful." (laughs) (laughs) Have we talked about Sports Center commercials lately on this show? No, because I really. I really like the Swedish Chef one. I think it's Dominic Kasich. Is that who it is? Dominic Kasich. No, it's it's a uh, uh, it's an NHL goaltender. Yeah, translating. It's pretty amazing. It's awesome. I can't remember his name though. I don't Friedrich, watch Friedrich Heinschlager. I don't know. Wow, Cam, little help there on the a little, NHL a hockey help. Yeah, on the NHL front. I thought. Oh, Lundqvist. Thank you. That's who it is. Oh yeah, Lundqvist. Lundqvist. Yeah. 
Rangers translating. And yeah, what's he saying? Yeah, that's pretty good. Saying we have uh, blood cord and some sort of fish. And it's like blood cord. Just so you know, all of our all of our listeners are just hammered right now from all the drinking they're doing, from yeah. all the topics we've gone off on. I'll tell you, you gotta. This is Sports Center. It's one of those things. It's YouTube gold. You could go over and click on that, and you could spend an, a half an hour easy watching Sports Center commercials, both old and new. Yeah, just good stuff. We have our next guest. We do. Jer- do you want to do this? Me? Yeah, Dustin. Ah, you guys always throw this on me in the last second. Well, hold know, on. We'll give you a chance to pull up a, a page. Yeah. You, you know. <laughs> preeminent salesman in volleyball? Is that Me? Should we call him that? H-A-N-N-E. Yeah, I know. M-A-N-N. I know how to sell. A-N-N. He gets really upset if you put the E towards the end, which I understand. It's kind of like you. Like, although well, my with you, I just li- throw in extra vowels and I end up being my, right. Yes, my last name is a little bit more difficult. I understand. R-O-E-C-H-E. R-O-U-E. Correct. Yeah. Rushi. I think they pronounce it Ruesh in French. Ruesh? Yes. I kind of like that. Jeremy Ruesh. Yep. You're welcome, ladies. You want to kick it off here? I mean, this could be a slow build. Are you sure you're ready for this? Yeah, it's fine. Take your time. Take a breath. By the way, my intro you did for me last week was awesome. Our next guest, South Bay native, matriculated to UCLA, where he was a national champion, ended up at Hawaii, playing in aforementioned Klom Gym. Stan Sheriff Center may have been there. We'll ask him about that. They went out to the beach, where he was the 2002 AVP Hermosa Beach champion. Played a lot of six-mans. There's a few titles there that Jeremy Roucher carried him to. And lately, he's been running the NVL, trying to bring the game back to the beach. Say hello to the CEO of the NVL, Alvy Hanneman. Hey, Al. Yo, what's up, guys? What's happening, Alvy? Thanks for coming on. We uh, we always yes. enjoy the time when you, you spend with us and inform us about the goings-on in the world of beach volleyball. So tell me, you had your first event this year, the Model Beach Volleyball Tournament. Will this improve the quality of commercial volleyball? <laughs> yeah, that's the, the point. Um, it, it was great, man. We had uh, I flew in Casey Patterson and Sinjin, and we had Shara, Megan, um, Kelly Schumacher, Gretchen, Adrian Grumbola, doing sky balls that were making people freak out, uh, Raquel Fiera. So it was great. So basically we had, you know, 10 agencies, model agencies from Miami battling for South Beach uh, supremacy, and they had a pro on each team. They got to play for five points uh, at any point of the match, so it was pretty strategic. Um, Jeremy would really like this. We had DJ Ree brought on, surprisingly, Cedric the Entertainer and Jamie Foxx, which he actually even did some – Stand up, and they did a song together, and they were on stage for about a half an hour. So that was huge press for us. Um, it's always nice to get some A-list guys out there. And Adrian Carambola and Mega Models ended up winning the championship, and it was uh, it was just a lot of different, you know, really focusing on the lifestyle of the sport, and obviously the beauty, and throwing in the pros, and it was it was a nice mix of everything for our second year. It was pretty successful. Obviously a great spectator event, Al. What's the goal of uh, the Model Beach Volleyball Tournament that you have down there? I know you've done it in a couple of years. Is it to expand the game down there? Is it just to, you know, have a, a great fun weekend and, and get 
some of those players some recognition. What's what's the number one goal that the NBL has going to Miami? Well, it's it's a good event to start the year to really host sponsors and potential sponsors. Uh, we get so many more sponsors in that one event than we do um, all year. Not as much money from our sponsors we get for the NBL, but smaller interested sponsors. Um, so that's really the main thing is to give players an event to make some money and come out. And uh, we started our PlayFit Foundation. Uh, you know, we have a, a, a nonprofit now that we're doing clinics all over the country. So we got to do that on Friday and, um, you know, kind of just grow the sport out there and gave all the kids in the cost of volleyball. And it was really cool. But, you know, it's a combination. It's really like bringing new people to the sport, which is what we would like to do. And, uh, you know, hosting sponsors and just having an all-around, um, you know, great event. Albie Barnett here, and I'm wondering about the change in balls, a lot made of the Wilson ball that you guys had. Uh, I've seen it out on the beach. I've seen people with them playing, and I'm wondering why the change to Mikasa. Well, a couple things. It's, it's you know, the, the best players in the world, obviously, in the Olympics, they use Mikasa. Um, we had a lot of interest from them, and they had a lot of the same goals of, of growing the sport. Um, we're, we're thrilled to be working with these guys. They're, I think we have 15 samples coming in in a, in a week or two um, of everything that we wanted to see from, you know, the, the current ball, some new designs uh, that they have, the, uh, you know, the old ball that we were using with the same uh, style and feel of that. So, you know, we're talking to a lot of the players, and we're going out and playing with these new balls that we've had a couple sent out already. And they're just really into, you know, doing what's best for the sport. And, you know, we're not trying to change anything. We just have a company that is truly, you know, and it, it's a four-year deal, which is huge. You know, they're backing us. It, it's opened up a lot of eyes by them committing to us, um, you know, the best deal we've ever had. And, uh, you know, the more successful we are, the more they're going to be. And it's just a matter of, you know, getting people to to get on board and try the ball and, you know, it's just a ball, Barney. I mean, we're we're. It's not going to be like they're going to play with something uh, that's not a. You know, they've been around since '73, and they're the best ball in the world. So we thought it was a good good match for us. Albert Dustin here. Just curious, overall, what do you what do you have as you know the top of mind goal of the NVL for this season? I know we've looked at the schedule. There's a couple of different types of events. What's the goal of the NVL for 2013? Well, you know, we we want to keep growing, and we want to you know build a lot of strategic partnerships. Um, I think what we learned the first two years is we had to spend a lot of money and, and, you know, being able to offer uh, premier events that were very expensive, but at the same time we had to build our brand and be legitimate for players and fans and sponsors. And, uh, you know, as we were still building from the bottom up, we, we now partnered with AAU and, um, you know, some major junior organizations. We're talking to JBA and ABCA and, um, you know, even CBVA, and we're, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're 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 going to have somewhere where these kids can come in and 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 want to be professional beach volleyball players, and you know, have have a tour where players can make money. Um, you know, that's why the play fit's so important because we're going to send them all over the country to do clinics on off weekends, and it's really important. It's hard to be a pro beach volleyball player, and we're losing a lot of great athletes, and have in the past three four years because. You know, and Jeremy Roche's dream is gone of being a pro player, and now he's on with you guys. I mean, I want to make sure if Jeremy has the talent to be a pro player, I want to give him that opportunity. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Jeremy has, Jeremy has fallen. He's landed here, but no doubt it was a long, My second, slow grind to the bottom. I guess I'll just be a DJ then. 
I'm looking down your your event schedule here on your website. I see pro tour, college tour, grass tour, developmental tour, lifestyle, indoor tour, a lot of different aspects to this NVL environment. But one question I did have for you was when you click on pro tour, I see quite a few events in here, and I, I wonder if these are truly pro events. I mean, one is actually collegiate. Another one is junior festival. I mean, how many real true pro events do you have this season, what you would consider a professional quality tour stop? Oh, great question. Um, we're, we're, we just hired a couple of new guys. Um, Paul Sewell, who actually was selling um, a lot of sponsorships back in the you know, 09, 07, 08, 09 in this sport. Um, we're happy to have him and another guy who's really good at, at selling because we're getting so many offers. So, um, you know, we decided to go on with the uh, – we're going to have a triple crown, which is last Tuesday, Hermosa Beach um, City Council just uh, approved our – Really excited to get back to Hermosa. It's taken a while. They don't take new events very often, but you know, living here, having our offices here, and uh, being my favorite tournament for obvious reasons, um, it's nice to be able to have one of those as our major event. Um, Austin at Coda, uh, the Circuit of the Americas. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. It's the new Formula One, like the biggest uh, facility really around that's hosting a lot of different music events and just events in general. So that's going to be our first one in Austin. Um, then we have... Hermosa, and then we have Las Vegas, but we have another one now that's coming up in Mason, Ohio, that might end up being a major event. But it's easier for brands to get behind it because now we're we're actually found a way to do national television without um, bankrupting us. So you know we're we're really happy about being able to offer so much more to brands. You know through the and I know we can have a good discussion about this, but. Um, you know, in the past, it wasn't just about the live TV, national television on a Sunday when everyone's out playing and the ratings are horrible. I mean, we had to find a way to make it affordable and give enough value to sponsors that, you know, this is something that we need to do to, to keep raising, you know, the the, the, the level of, of what Pro Beach Volleyball is. So, you know, as much as we like to live stream and, and, and do everything in every other way, uh, every other media channel that we can, we still need to have network TV. So we've come to that conclusion. Um, you know, so the other stuff, Barney, is really just to keep active in different areas. You know, Collegian is huge, as you know. I mean, it's growing like crazy, and we're partnering with everyone in that uh, to make sure that we have the juniors to the Collegian to the NBL. Um, but, yeah, we're going to have at least three major events, and, you know, there are other, we have three other events that are going to be Pretty big, I'm not the same scale prize money yet, depending on our sponsorships, how they come through here the next uh, month, which we're hoping to announce some new stuff soon. But, you know, we're we're uh, we're definitely giving the players, you know, some, some opportunity this summer, and so I'm happy about that. TV, how did you figure out the TV equation, and where is the NBL going to be seen? Um, well, we can't, we can't give you the network yet because it's such a small sport as you know we have to still be a little bit protective on what we have going but um we will be on national television um on those three at least those three events um and you know it's it's something that um i think and i don't know if you guys agree but i do think that the profile of sport needs to be on national television if if you can make it happen in your business model And, and we've been able to do that um, we have a great production team. have some great partners that are going to help pay for it finally. Um, and, and that's really um, the bottom line is I think it's having great partners that are in it with us. Um, like I said, this Mercasa four-year deal, there's other four-year deals that we're about to announce that just solidify us and give us sustainability so that we can bring on, you know, 
better partners that, that have that security that we're not going to be and going into our third year. We're, we're you know, pretty steady tour right now. Albert, since 2010, I've been saying that beach volleyball has started over, and I still feel like it's in that process. And there's been lots of people complaining, like, oh, these tours don't look like a professional tour event. But in my opinion, we're still building. And how do you think players can help promote the sport? Because I feel like a lot of them are complaining, not necessarily – you know, negatively, but they're complaining about things. But I feel like that's they what need, they're good at complaining yeah, and playing. I feel like they need to step up a little bit more and help promote whatever tour they're playing on or all the tours they're playing on. Like, what things would you suggest that they can do? And let me add, by the way, Albert was always one of the best promoters of the game. One hundred percent. Well, thank you. Um, you guys are totally right. I mean, I think learning over the last two years, I think coming into this as a player. Um, all I wanted to do was make sure that we had as much money as we could when we didn't have it to make sure that the prize money was going to be there for them. Um, and on your point, you know, we really needed the, the players to be supporting not just our tour, but beach volleyball in general, because the more they're out there promoting themselves and promoting whatever tour they're playing on, everyone's going to benefit. Um, you know, we have some players that have clearly identified themselves as wanting to come up and, you know, promote themselves. Um, and our tour, beach volleyball in general, and they've been great at, you know, showing up at all the events that, that are out there. I mean, if you're going, you know, I'll use Raquel as an example, Fiera in St. Petersburg, Florida. Like she's starting her own junior camp. She's working. She came back from Brazil early because she has an opportunity to really grow the sport in that market. Um, you know, like Megan Wallen has her own magazine, and she's doing everything and anything you can imagine, um, you know, to get herself out there. And it helps us. So, you know, we're, we're, you know, Gretchen and Kelly are Team Miami now, and they're, you know, really getting behind that city and they're getting behind them. And so, I mean, these are players that we have to be helping in any way that we can and we do, um, you know, and I think that the more that they do put themselves out there, the more that they realize that we are supporting them 100%. Um, and we're getting there. And, Jeremy, back to your point, you know, it is we are still growing. And the days, you know, where I think I played in 22 or 24 tournaments one year. I mean, it, I don't even know how that's ever going to happen again. Um, but there are a lot of opportunities that we're building that, you know, players can make more money if they promote themselves correctly and utilize, you know, the people that want to help them out there. Um, you know, I hope I'm answering this the right way because I, I definitely am still in the player's corner and, and I, and I really appreciate everything that they do for us and, and back us. But, you know, we do have to work together. And right now, going in after the Olympics, and we should talk about this, you know, after the Olympics and everyone says, well, why is Jose Cuervo out of the sport now after the Olympics? And it, it, it's it's really, you know, one of those things where the Olympics, how, how much can we really um, capitalize on how great, you know, the games were in London? And that's something that we're dealing with every day. Albert, thanks a lot for joining us here on the show. You get you have a couple of events coming up. Let the people know where they can find your tour in the upcoming couple of months. Uh, yeah, we'll be in uh, Panama City Beach in a couple of weeks for three weeks in our collegiate um, activation. Then we'll be in Austin uh, June 14 to the 16. And we have uh, – do you want me to run off the schedule real quick here? 
Well, I got the Preakness here. Just a couple. I think the Preakness is coming up, right? Is that going to happen? That's going to be May 7th. No, the, pre- no, the, pre- the Preakness isn't happening. We're actually we're doing Austin now. Preakness, um, they decided that they're going to go in another direction and called and thanked us for uh, you know all we've done for the last couple of years, which was kind of a shocker to us, but um, you know it happens. So we're going to be in Austin with Coda and, and really blow that up, and we have tons of people fired up. So that's really the main one. You know, Austin um, will be in Wisconsin. We'll be in Mason. We'll be in Hermosa. Um, we'll be at the Motherload again. We'll be in Vegas, and we'll be in Turks and Caicos volleyball vacation. So, um, you know, it's 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 a, it's a full schedule, and we're you know, like I said, we're excited. I've reached out to to Donald and and James, and you know, still trying to see if those guys want to do something to, to offer more events for the players and um, you know they want to stick with their plan and, and do things on their own which is totally fine but I'm going to continue to, to reach out to those guys and try to offer more events for the players uh, more high quality events and prize money and, and we're going to keep plugging along here and appreciate all you guys are doing for the sport as well and you know I uh, always like being on your show Hey, when we have you on here, we try to hit you with some stuff, and sometimes it's a tough question, sometimes fun, but we do appreciate the fact that you're still putting into the sport and trying to make it a better place for volleyball and beach football in particular. We certainly do wish you the best in what has definitely been a challenging environment. So thanks very much for coming on. We appreciate it, Al. Yeah, thanks, boys. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Albert Hanneman. Check in once again from the NVL. You can catch them the next three weeks doing some Gleet stuff down in Panama City, and they will have Austin. He said, Circuit of the Americas. I know no one else in this room knew what the hell that was except me, buddy. Good job. Drink. Formula One event was held there Drink. in conjunction. Formula One is better than Supercross. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Wow. Kind of embarrassing. Let's let's keep motoring on. We have more more to go here. Motoring on. People. Yeah, motoring on. That's yeah. right. There's put a pin in that because I have some things to say about his... Uh, Oh, we're coming back. We had with him. Yeah, yeah. We're coming so back. I just put a pin in it. I've got a couple of things circled, and Stop yelling we'll be recycling that. Are we going to Jay and Sandy? Yeah, we oh. have to. Oh. oh. Break time. Hold on. Wrong music. No. <laughs> yeah, it is break time <laughs> Way too much volleyball for Dustin. Break time for topics. me. In association with the American Volleyball Coaches Association, we like to present the College Volleyball Weekly. Each week here on the Net Live, a recap of what was and a preview of what will be in the world of college volleyball. Things have not gotten any simpler in the men's program, as you may have heard in our conversation with John Cossey. It's crazy. It's wild. If you're ranked number one, it's pretty much a guaranteed loss. Please welcome in our two correspondents, one from the east, one from the west, Jay and Mike. Gentlemen. Thanks for sitting in on Tuesday and hanging on the line for a couple of minutes. And I may just hand it off to you two guys because I know Sonheimer's been looking forward all week to talking to Jay about that Harvard loss. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I'll wait for him to start. Go ahead, Sandy. Uh, I actually now believe you when you told me how good Harvard is. <laughs> you know, listen, I I don't know how many more times uh we have to tell everybody the EIVA this year is not uh traditionally as it used to be an easy conference. Uh George Mason is very good this year. Princeton has already shown that they're good this year. Harvard is uh legitimately in my eyes a top 15 team without question. The way that they played against us on Friday, they probably could have beaten a handful of the top ten teams. So, um, I, you know, it's a it's a stinging loss for obvious reasons. We went 0 and 3 against Ohio State the 
previous weekend. Um, but, you know, it's it's a good team, and it's not like we looked at it going into the match thinking we should just walk all over them. They're, they're a very, very good team. Brian Bays does a very nice job. He's a part-time coach. I don't know how many people know that or not, but Brian is a part-time coach uh, with part-time pay uh, and is on a shoestring budget in that place, and their gym is not very big. It's smaller than the North Gym, uh, and it's it's and, you know he's doing some really nice things. He's got some nice players in that team, so hats off to, ha- to Harvard. They're doing some good stuff, and I look forward to them when they make the West Coast swing. See how they do out there. Well, I think you have to look at the West, as like Karen was talking about. Everybody still is beating everybody else. I mean, Hawaii almost beat Irvine last night. They beat UCLA in five the other night. I mean, BYU gets beat by Pepperdine, which has won four of its last five and playing very well. And it's just an interesting conference out in the West. Anybody can beat somebody else on a given night, and it's going to be one heck of a fight to see the top eight teams, and especially where they're seated. I agree. And uh, and if you look at uh, the Midwest, uh, Lewis beating Loyola in four, that's uh, uh, some would consider win. the also-rans. Yeah, the, the also-rans of the Mevo, but, you know, Ohio State, Lewis, and Loyola seem to be the front-runners right now in that conference, and all three of those teams, um, it's going to be a dogfight when those guys walk into the Ohio State gym. And also, uh, Ohio State beating Ball State. Ball State was on a little tear there in the beginning of yeah, the season. Yeah, they were playing well. They were playing very well, and Ohio State handled them in four. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what UH is going to do tonight against Irvine because you see a University of Hawaii has been splitting a lot of matches recently, and I'm I'm interested to see if they're going to come back in night two and do what they've done the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the other thing is, as I've said this since January, I really believe whatever team comes out of the Midwest, whatever team comes out of the East, so I still expect to be Penn State, is going to have a heck of a chance in the NCAA semis you know, at UCLA May 2nd and 4th. It doesn't really matter. I think both those matches are going to be you know, somewhat very close to toss-up matches. I think that the East and the Midwest are good enough on that, you know, with a week of preparation to beat that team from the West. I would agree. I think that's a good assessment there, Sandy. Barney, I hear you chomping at the bit. What do you got for us? Well, I want to update people on the poll if they haven't seen it this week. UC Irvine, number one, receiving 14 votes. BYU, former number one, is at number two, receiving two votes. And I guess they were tied last week was the claim. So Long Beach State, three. Pepperdine, four. Stanford, five. Ohio State, six. UCLA, seven. Northridge, eight. And then a tie at nine and ten, Penn State and USC, although Cal, uh, pardon me, Penn State listed above USC. How about those 49ers? What has been the difference for them? They seem to be on just kind of a steady climb, Mike. I think, like I said before, I think Alan Knight right now is the national coach of the year. Coming back from the Olympics, uh, Long Beach State lost some key people last year. They still have Connor Albright to set. But he's just done a great job, and Taylor Crabb is playing phenomenal on the outside. And give him a lot of credit. I mean, they're beating teams. When they handled Stanford and beat, you know, I mean, John Costa was talking about I mean, it's like it was unusual. I mean, Stanford came in. I thought Stanford had great shots to beating them. But they're just passing the ball well and running their offense and playing lights out. I mean, they're just playing great, and they're so tough at the, at the pyramid. Jay, it seems like Harvard is finally getting some respect. I mean, they were in there at 15th, previously unranked, so that that win got people's attention. Uh, yeah, well, not only did it get people's attention, but it gave the conference a little bit of attention as well. And when Princeton went out and beat Santa Barbara earlier this year, that's also some attention-grabbing uh, information there. Um, you know, and, and Harvard and Princeton haven't even played each other yet, and Harvard's going out to the West Coast in a couple of weeks or a few weeks for spring break. The, the challenge is going to remain is, you know, the, the final four teams for the EIVA playoffs – um, it's going to be a dogfight to get out. And, you know, we still have Princeton twice. 
we still have Mason twice. Uh, it's kind of a rarity that we got Harvard out of the way so early. But splitting with them, they've got the lead now. As, as, if we were to both win out the rest of the season, Harvard hosts the EIBA. So that's a, that's a big deal. I think we've hosted the last 12 years in a row. So um, that's a big, big deal. And they are legit. And people are going to they're gonna be a little surprised. I, 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 I would not be surprised to see them in the finals of this EIBA tournament. How about you? Yeah, I just think we have to look at it. Everybody is good now across the country. There's 22 Division One teams, and everybody's getting players. And Ivy League has always been a fine place to recruit. It doesn't matter what the sport is. If you want a quality education, and the volleyball is picked up. And, you know, again, I think, you know, if Terrence looking at those options, then there's only four and a half scholarships. If you're going to pay, you might as well get an Ivy League education if you can do it. That's a good point, Sandy. Absolutely, and Sam and uh, and Brian are both capitalizing on that. There's a number of kids, not only from California but from the Midwest, and you know those are those are all quality locations to recruit kids from. Mike, it just seems another example of how difficult things are in the MPSF. As the teams that have been the national championship in the last couple of years, USC and Santa Barbara are both near the bottom with just three wins apiece. What do those programs have to do if they're going to turn things around this year? Well, we talked about USC being real young, losing McKibben, and then they finally got Henry Cassidy back last night. They finally got Joey Booth back. And, and, they, and the thing is, I think where USC hurt themselves, such a young team, is not playing non-conference matches. I think you had an incredible stat last night that you know UCLA had played more than double the actual sets than USC had played during the season. And I think USC is going to get better as the season goes along because they're going to get more and more playing time and get their thing back. For Santa Barbara, you know, um, it's tough for Rick. Rick lost his number one setter. And Setter's a quarterback, and if you lose somebody that's, you know, your best player, it's tough for somebody they're playing a freshman setter. And freshman setters very seldom win NCAA titles, very seldom even get into that position to win an NCAA title. And I think that's why the two teams are struggling right now. All right, upcoming week, Jay. Well, uh, I'm looking to see what Hawaiian UCI is going to do tonight. I'm also looking to see UCLA and Pepperdine upcoming. I'm looking to see what Ball State does at Loyola and uh, UOP at BYU. That's my sleeper of the week. Uh, something about UOP is sparking some interest in my uh, in my eyes, and I want to see what they can do up there. It's a tough place to play, but but UOP's really been doing some nice jobs. And we have a huge weekend. We've got Mason and Princeton coming in this weekend, and it's going to be a dogfight. So looking forward to those. Those are the ones I'll be watching. Yeah, I'm diff- I really want to see if Penn State recovers and comes back and reestablishes itself this weekend. They're facing two good teams, and I'm looking to see if Penn State offensively hasn't just been as strong as some past Penn State teams. They really haven't had the hitting on the pin side from what, looking at the statistics, and I think that's really important to look at. And Pepperdine's playing really, really well right now. Torres and Taylor are playing on the ends as well as anybody, and West is playing a great system. And I think you know another victory for Pepperdine puts them in a position to you know still contend for the for the title. All right, hopefully there aren't any extra scholarships being used over there at Pepperdine this year, so there won't be any issues. No alum can say that. That's right. (laughs) Contractually (laughs) obligated. I saw a lot of asterisks in last week's program as I was reviewing it. I wasn't really happy about (laughs) those asterisks. We were just so surprised that you were the dig leader two years in a row. I don't know if that says something for the team or your abilities. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think big goons is uh, what the answer is to that. Why I led in digs, big goons. You know, you had a white platform; you could pick pick anything up. But we just didn't know you spent all that time doing it for two years. Yeah, that's Mars' favorite line: is the big goons actually? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kevin, Kevin was outstanding there. I mean, give him credit. So if he could do, set an offense and hit and do everything else and dig too, who knows? 
Ah, this is see, this is why Sondheimer gets to keep coming on the program. Just keep <laughs> making the host feel good. Thanks, guys. Sure appreciate we'll it. We'll talk to you. There. Right. See you guys later. Take care. Bye bye. Checking out College Volleyball Weekly here on the Net Live. We're gonna take a short break and we'll be right back with more volleyball and non volleyball chat. Still a lot to talk about after that Al B interview, guys. I, I, there are a few things in there that kind of sparked my interest. Yeah, this thing is what we want to talk about. Yeah. Wee.
Welcome back into the Net Live here on Volleyball Magazine. I want to make sure we say a big thanks to Spire Institute for their support of this show as well as Volleyball Magazine for hosting us. We are also available on iTunes if you're not live streaming. Remember, you can click at any time on VB Mag's website. You can click on us and stream us on demand, but you also can download via iTunes. And there's a whole bunch of shows. I, I don't know what the count is now. Find us. A lot. Coming in on 200 at some point here shortly. Definitely this year we will cross the 200 as this is the fifth year of the Net Live. A uh, little uh, shameless self plug by me. Mm. If you get Volleyball Magazine, I even think they put them online. But I write a music article. Yes. Every issue that they have. Is that monthly or how is that? I think they do nine issues a year, nine or ten a year. Yeah, I wonder what happened to my subscription. I don't know. <laughs> No, you can look at my stuff online. I might have to support volleyball with my own cash. There you go. As how I, how as dare wish, you? As how I dare wish, you, Kevin? Because nobody else does that. I wish everyone else would. So I better put my money where my mouth is with that one. Kevin, you uh, had some takeaways from that discussion with Albert pre the Sandy and <laughs> pre the part where Kevin, where Dustin, and I uh, check out. Yeah, now. where we check out. Yeah. I'm interested in whatever the national TV actually means. I wonder what it actually means. Are we talking NBC? Are we talking one of the sports channels that are proliferating by NBC, by Fox Speed Channel, about to be rebranded like Fox Sports 1? Yeah. Pac-12 Network. Pac-12 Network. There are, a lot, there are a lot of outlets now. It's a weird deal because TV got very tight for about 10 years where you didn't have a lot of outlets. Correct. Now with streaming and with the different revenue streams that are possible, not only over air traditional cable, but also all the streaming that people are consuming in bigger numbers and younger generations are consuming as their primary mode of television viewing and entertainment, there is now a proliferation of opportunities. It means a lot. And so I, I don't know, what does national TV mean? I mean, you could put up international. My show each week for motorcycle racing is international. Drink. A lot of drinks. It's an international program. This is an international program. Well, absolutely. We, are. we had Pre on last week. Yep. Listen. So so if you say national TV, I don't know. There's a lot of space in that. Well, of course. And But again, it's uh, I go back to people's expectations of what you are going to get from beach volleyball right now. You're not going to get I, – I want people to shut up about the 90s and the 80s. <sighs> Stop talking about it. Yeah. It's not – it's just not – That's why Billy Berger hasn't been on the show. It's not going to happen because it's just – Society is different now. So what are your expectations for beach volleyball right now? They're low. You know, though I do agree with what Albert says said, which was that uh, TV is an important part of the... That's what sponsors want now. Yeah, right. of, of, the, of the beach volleyball, you know... Coverage and telling phenomenal. a story. Yeah. yeah. Look, and I'll say this too. Albert's tour is the only one that's put out an event schedule. You haven't heard there's a countdown clock on the AVP website that 
it was counting down to oblivion, something, and then it changed. It made a little bit oh, longer countdown. Update? Yeah, oh. a little update of countdown. You know, things like that happen. But they are the only ones. We haven't heard from IMG yet. I know that they're doing things behind the scenes, but we haven't heard from them. Who knows what's going to happen? Supposedly Manhattan will happen. Well, Manhattan is Manhattan's going to happen because they're contracted for sure. But is that? Going to be the only one. Will there be more? We don't. I mean, obviously, we can just speculate. That begs the question, and I, I'll ask you guys yep. this. I was going to ask Albert. Ooh, I got a question. Okay. Yeah, bring it. Okay, ready? Has the NBL won? Are they the victor? Hmm. I don't think you can decide that so yet. What's the game? Okay. <laughs> game? <laughs> yeah, what's the game that they've won? I mean, I don't know. Cause survival? Because they're, they're still Kind of like survivor they're... volleyball uh, entity. But you asked a good question, Kevin, which was about the events on the schedule. It's not as if they have 12 pro beach events. And, uh, yeah, Cam, define winning. Exactly. It's not like they have 12 pro beach winning. events. They have they have a bunch listed online, and we have a – Some of which aren't even occurring. Well, we have a list that we can post on our Facebook, and they'll probably be on the NBL Facebook page shortly. It's a little bit updated. And there are, you know, what, 10 events or so, but there's – it's a mixture. You know, it's uh, – a couple of pro events. This Miami event was on there, and, and we all kind of danced around it a little bit, but this was not a pro beach it's volleyball pro event. event. It, was a, it was a great event, I'm sure, for the NVL, probably a great one. Now, one thing that I started thinking as we were discussing it and as I was listening to Albert was, is this becoming a tour that's more based out of Florida? Hmm. I know the NVL offices are here, yeah, but from what I've just heard us say uh, – Manhattan is is in contract with IMG. It sounds like I know Albert has something going on with Hermosa, so that's that's great. Yep. Um, but he talked a lot about Raquel Fajera, who is out of St. Pete. He talked about Miami. He talked about some events in Orlando and that sort of thing. Are they maybe going after another geography as a ploy or, or, or an idea? And you know what? It's cheaper to put on an event. I'm sure it is. Than yeah. it is Southern California. Every tour that does an event along this. Cool little strip of coast Coastal here. Commission, yeah. They lose money every time. Of course. Yeah. You here, can't charge for anything. You can't serve alcohol. There's no way to make money. Albert sent us the updated schedule, which will be online soon. They just had the Model Beach one. Um, Circuit March, of the Americas. March 2nd through the 23rd, which is a huge, long event. <laughs> NVO Collegiate <laughs> long Spring party. Break. Well, again, see that? Panama City. Those, they're young kids. They have a lot of stamina. No, but that's... Just to interrupt, yep. that's kind of what we're talking about, right? Great idea by him to jump on to spring Panama Beach or Panama City spring break. I mean, any kid from just about the, the Midwest East talks about going to Florida for spring break. Yes. Course, right? I mean, you know Naperville. That's what, that's what everybody you did. You got to get out. You, got, you go to, you, you know, you go to St. Pete, you go to Panama, whatever. So for them to be there for two weeks or whatever, I don't know what it, that event is. It's definitely not. At least in my mind, it's not a pro beach volleyball tournament, but it's no, something. It's not. So that's in March, June 14th to the 16th, Texas Championships in Austin. Circuit of the Americas. Yep. Uh, July 11th to the 14th, Wisconsin Open. I'm going to go with that as a pro event. How many pros well, are going to get to Wisconsin? I don't know. Well, I mean, if that's their only choice, you. Well, is that Bradford Beach? I mean, I hear from Bradford Beach the powers there. that be there that it's not going to be there. Um, it says Oshkosh. Yes. Yeah, it's not there. Don't they make jeans or overalls? Bagosh, bagosh, yeah. <laughs> uh, July 19th to the 21st, Midwest Championships and Junior Festival in Mason, Ohio. And uh, and Albert mentioned that. The ADP used to go to Mason, didn't they? We did the last few years. Um, How was that event? Was it a good event? Really? The ADP so maybe that's a good, you would know. put on because it was in an already set up stadium, tennis stadium. 
and the promoters there are huge volleyball oh, community. Like that was. Um, it's not the Cincinnati one that the AVP had, but it's a Cincinnati one where they were in a stadium. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Mason is close to Cincinnati, I guess. Somebody help me with my it is not that far. Geography. You may call it Cincinnati. I can't help you with Ohio. Nobody goes there. California Cup, August 16th to the 18th, Hermosa. Even, no. even Midwesterners don't vacation in Ohio. The Cal Cup, when I was growing up, was a CBVA event. And so he could be attaching himself to that. He mentioned attaching himself to the CBVA. So I wonder if the Cal Cup is the NVL coming on board and maybe producing the highest level of that Cal could Cup. Be. You know, yeah, it's it, anything from Grom's playing in the B level to a double A to is the NVL. A pro event? Well, I guess we'll find out. I mean, what makes it a pro event? If you win money? If you have pros? I, uh, yeah, professional will be it's getting not paid. Just, it's not just money, although that's, that's it's a not. big no, part I agree of it. With it's you. also look and feel. If you show up and you're a sponsor or you're a fan, and you're showing up to Grom's or you're showing up to I agree with you because, pro because you can play in a AAA event, CBDA. You can call CB down here in Hermosa you know, and play in a, in a AAA, and you win. What do you win? 100 bucks or something like that. Does that make it a pro event? Of course not. There's a volleyball vacations, NVL volleyball vacations in Toronto, yep. August 22nd through the 25th. That is not on a boat, Kevin. <laughs> I wanted to say that earlier, not on a boat. There is, uh, I believe it's Labor Day weekend, August 29th, September 2nd, the 41st annual mother load in Aspen. That should be a pro event. That was, it's been pro the last few times. They attached themselves to that mother load tournament. Yeah, right. have you guys been there? Have you ever been in the mother load? I have not, but I've heard. Sadly, no, I would love to go. I've heard it's a great tournament, but I've also heard from... Um, and, and playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, I've heard from some of the NVL haters, if we can call it that, that, of course. that that's an event that's been around forever. That's not that's not their event. That's yeah, the well, that's, they're it's co-opting. Almost, it's a sponsorship yeah, him, kind of. It's him, him just putting a flag up, right? But they do have a pro level, like the last few times. Yeah, Rosie, been, uh, didn't Rosie win it? Rosie and uh, Casey, Casey Patterson with yeah. one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen. I think Riley Salmon and uh, Chris Seifert won it one year, the mother load. Could be. What? Yeah, a couple of national team guys. Sife won a tournament. <laughs> in September twelfth. Besides the, the six man, obviously. September twelfth to the fourteenth, best of the beach, Las Vegas, which I fully expect Dustin Avall and I to be back there working that event for Albert. I'm hoping. Uh, Hope, if it's at the hopefully, same, hopefully Dustin will have a job by then. Well, if it's at the same spot, that Bagatelle Beach. I'm in. Well, we're all pitching, open now. Well, we're all pitching for jobs. There's no reason I should be doing play-by-play for the national television, right? That's yeah, true. you can do Come national on. television for the NVL. Jeremy and I will be on site, and Dominating. we will even. We'll even kick things to you. Let's kick it upstairs, Barney. And then uh, November 2nd through the 9th, NVL Volleyball Vacations in Turch and Caicos. I plan, uh, on again, being, I plan on being there, too. Not on a boat. Now, not on a boat. On an island, though. There might be boats around, but you're not on the boat. One thing that we didn't get to uh, to jump in and, and talk about with Albert regarding Turch and Caicos is that he um, he had some talks, I think we mentioned earlier, with the Turks and Caicos government about helping to, to build like a, an actual facility there, which is... Seems pretty cool. Yes, Jeremy, you're pointing at me. Um, no, I was just saying I got a couple of texts from the NBL. The updated site that I'm currently debuting on the net live, We do because we, we do that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, Breaking be their, news. we'll be on their site or it could be on their site right now. Um, and the Hermosa event is not attached to CBVA. It's their it's own not. event. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Good. That's great. Uh, we forgot to ask him about Norsecas, and we had a couple of emails about that and the discussions surrounding Norsecas and how much the Norsecas and the international expansion is part of the landscape. And it's I, up right now, by the way. I it think, is live. Uh, Schedule's live. NVL.com. Thanks, Rado. The NVL.com, sorry. And I, I wonder how much Norseka and the increased programming from USA Volleyball plays out. I mean, I've said for a while, I think the end winner in this is going to be the national team style of programming. 
without some radical change in the way that business is being done. What was the question like? Is Albert is Tor going to be involved in North Sake? I find that yeah, a weird question. I agree. I mean, like he doesn't need to be involved. The in that. thing that I do attach the two is because when we had Dave Williams on a few few weeks ago, it seemed to me like he and he and Albert or he and the NBL were most um, on the same page. They're in the same office, right? Yeah. So maybe that's where the alignment or potential alignment with Norseka comes. I also think that from what I've seen recently, um, Norseka's might be the strongest if you call it a tour, I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? The, the strongest scheduled uh, list of events that are going to happen is, is those are going to happen. They uh, will happen. They will they happen. They will be professional. Right. Whether anyone's there or not is different right. as far as And the amount of money and, and all that. Are, is the North Sake is making money or are they into it? It doesn't really that? matter. Yeah, exactly. It's the FIVB. They have That's pockets. I mean, they have, they have an end product to promote via the North Sake that is the FIVB Beach Tour, which is an extension of promoting the FIVB, which is mainly an indoor Organization that's where most of the money comes from, much to the chagrin of the volleyball. Well, and now world. don't you need Norseka points to qualify for an FIVB event? I believe that's a whole other ball of wax that I don't quite understand. Can of worms. Here's, yeah. here's an interesting thing though. Todd Goronsky, who runs Bradford Beach, yeah, yeah. in Milwaukee. Nice yes. guy, met him. Great guy. Yeah. Yeah. I worked with him last year. At the yeah, you uh, did. He loves dirt racing, up. so he's always sending me uh, drink. Super modified dirt racing. Which Super I modified. Love. Dirt oval. Don't know what that means. Super modified drink, then. Flat yeah. track racing. I, but, uh, no, sorry, late model. Late model dirt oval. So uh, I've been communicating with him, and he said, look, I'm tired of waiting around. We're starting our own event. He said, we're going to have our own pro, pro event starting next year. It'll be a three-day event, unsanctioned, unaffiliated, and they're going to have prize money. What is this? I'm sorry. I missed the beginning. I was Next year, they'll have their own Who? pro event. Todd Goronsky, oh, okay. Bradford, Bradford Beach, Beach. Okay, I'm sorry. Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They don't want to wait and see what happens. So I wonder. Doing their own thing. Without any tour. No USAV, no IMG, no Albert. It was clear no... about last year. That's why I was there. He's had the... various relationships, right? Yes. He's got a barefoot wines relationship, barefoot yep. tour relationship. But yep. he's had, he wants to start his own tour. It says they're going to have good prize money next year, did increasing just, over four years. Did he just email you? This morning. Nice. He's got that place dialed in. I've morning. never been to that venue. And they're starting sorry sorry, and they're starting an indoor facility with restaurants and a whole Makes indoor sense. thing they're building out. Makes perfect sense. He's in. Um, All in. Great volleyball community there where he is too, by the way. Yes. When you were there, Dustin, I've not had the privilege to go to his venue. Were they selling tickets to get in? Do you remember? They were not selling tickets to get in like general admin. Like it's selling tickets to get into VIP section type thing. And Restaurant, food. If I remember money. correctly, like there's a bar that you could sit at and you there can are, see the main court, correct? There yeah. are large tiki style bars throughout the courts, you know, laid out like any other event would be, except imagine that in between them there's large oval uh, oval bars. There's a couple of natural type of stadiums built with some of the steps that are coming down to the sand, but the main actual stadium court you could just walk in much like the old style AVP events yeah. where you'd walk in, sit in the stands, but if you want to sit up close in a beach chair or something like that, you got to pay whatever, 10 bucks, 30 bucks for the weekend. I like that the uh, NVL and Albert are texting me during our show, which I love. Good to know they're listening. Yeah, they're listening and they're giving me information. They're that, the three people listening. I love it. He said they're, uh, Albert texted me, said they're working with USAV and looking, whoops, he just texted me again and so missed it. <laughs> uh, to grow, they're looking, they're working with USAV and looking to grow internationally. You know, obviously they have the thing in Toronto, Turks and Caicos, um, and obviously they're looking to enhance their prize money. Um, 
Yes. I have my issues with what's happening with the world of beach volleyball, the viability of the sport Obviously, and we all do. those things. Yeah. But like I told Albert, and this point needs to be salient for everybody. Yeah. I want to see success here by somebody. I am happy to see people putting in the work, putting in the time, putting their livelihood at stake for the sport. I give them all the credit in the world. Of course. Agreed. We're still going to sit here and talk about what the problems might be or are with the current situation. That's our job. So, <laughs> and they should expect so don't that, mistake, too. Don't mistake our criticism for a, uh, a malicious intent toward the sport. But right. then it goes back to my point, too. We're going to be critiquing people and saying, oh, you should do this, you should do that. We need to have we need to have some ideas as well. Like all these players that are complaining or all the players are like, oh, the AVP's back. The AVP's not back. No. You know what I'm saying? So come up, help. Uh, I Players sorry, are I'm not down, the source. I'm angry right now. Don't go to the, don't like go to the players. Angry. We are all. I You're look like at, the Hulk. Yeah. I look You're at not going to like me when I'm angry. We're all on the same <laughs> team. That's how I look at it. We all want beach volleyball to be better. Yes. So if I'm being critical of somebody, it's not because I hate you or your tour sucks or I hate your ball that you play with. I, want, I just want you to be better. Right. And I want to help. I'm all for helping make it better besides with just my tunes. Right. Because if you have, obviously. You yeah, make, that can only go so far. Yes. Because my tunes can only do so much. But we do need to critique it. That's our job. We would critique it. Critique it. We would. Critique it. Yeah, we will, we, we will critique it even when it improves. Right. We're always going to critique it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not. I don't think it has anything to do with the state that it's in right now. Side note: Molly texted me said, "P.S. NASCAR race is on three twenty-four in Fontana. If you guys want to go, I'm in." Oh crap! I'm going in for you then. March, no, here's twenty-four. Here's my problem. Fontana? No, I, I'm I, in. I guarantee I'm out of town. I'm in, and no. I even visited at, I mean, Menards in Indiana when I visit my nice. in-laws. I'm a big <laughs> fan of Menards. <laughs> Nice, Justin. Wait, Dustin needs a job. Yeah. Ah, oh, I'm in Chicago. Oh, that sucks. I am not in Chicago. When is isn't there another Fontana date? Molly, there's got to be a Fontana what date. If Dustin in the fall and I too. are at the NASCAR event, just taking photos with everybody. And Hot oh, passes. Oh man. Hot passes. So sad. I, I'm just gonna go. Just. I'm in. I'm you. in Toronto for Supercross. Then I'm in Chicago Toronto? for Spring Break. Yeah. Rogers Center. Now, when you go on Spring Break, are you gonna go topless? How does that work? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Full nude, like we talked about earlier. That's tasteful. I'm actually going back home, going to Chicago for uh, for spring break. Kids are coming out. I'm going to fly from Toronto back to Chicago and spend a week in Chicago, show the kids kind of where I grew up, and they've never seen you know my high school and stuff and uh, hometown. We'll go eat there and hang out a little bit. Go down. We're going to stay oh, downtown at the Fairmont and uh, do the whole downtown Chicago thing. Shed Aquarium, uh-huh. Natural History Museum. We uh, we talked awesome. about Ferris Bueller a couple couple of weeks ago. You're going to be yep. doing the whole uh, yeah. re- recreate, recreate that, yeah. Um, if I turn on the TV and Barnett's on a float singing so. Donkey Shane at the Cubs game <laughs> Central Park in at the Cubs game Stop catching it. a foul ball yeah. he you. cannot he cannot he cannot he cannot he cannot he cannot so wing batter <laughs> dang it Molly I would love to come to an she said take a race and she'll make it happen oh I just gotta get myself there but right. Dustin and I are going to the one in Fontana hot right. passes I would, I would love to go to another one I gotta look up the schedule for the summer because I am in just to just to wrap up the NVL talk, or we can keep going, but I wanted to add something else, which was there's just a lot of uh, uncertainty about it. Even yes. uh, even the schedule, right? Which I appreciate that it's updated now, yeah. but but even we are not quite certain, and, and maybe they're not sure yet either. It's a moving target in terms of are these events 
that are listed as professional, are they fully professional? Are they half professional? What makes it professional? Um, I know there's a juniors event on there, and some of the people on the message board have been saying that their clubs are going yeah, to compete. Yeah, not professional. To compete, but they're also, may, they're also maybe what professional it attached, events. It yeah. could be attached to a pro And event. so that's just some of the clarification that we need, which is a different world from the, the world that Jeremy is referring to that yeah. people want. It goes, the AVP. It, it goes back to the expectations. Exactly. And I've been saying it since 2010, and I'll keep yeah. saying it. You're right. Preach on. You're not going to get what you had before. It's still – beach volleyball started over 100%. Might as well be a brand-new sport. If you think about it as a brand-new sport building, then maybe you'll get behind it more. Can you come up with, say, three must-haves to call it professional in today's environment? What would, in today's circumstance, be considered professional? Are there a few requirements that are yes, pretty basic? there are. Well, money, obviously. How much? Well, that's – I don't know. There's an amount, though. I think there's an amount. There's Five a grand to the winners? Ten Split? grand to the winners. Split? Split. Ten seems like a more doable number to say, yes, that's professional. Well, you made like, five grand on the weekend. Well, yeah. But, when I first started DJing, if I got paid, I was a professional DJ. My first year doing it full-time, I didn't get paid a lot. Right. But now I'm making a lot more. But I was still a professional in 2002 when I started right. full-time to what I'm doing right now. So it's just, again, it's the expectations. Like what – if you're getting paid, it's prof- you're a professional for sure. But obviously how much is the question? Ten grand of the winners I think is a good round number to be a checkbox. Okay. So, yes, that makes it, in my mind, a, a professional event. Okay. The other way I thought we could slice it is to say, is it professional if you're providing what is a reasonable – win for a certain number of people. Right. That's what I was thinking. Like the $100,000 Redondo Beach event. You know what I mean? Where everybody down the list gets paid paid out to 17th or whatever. Where where you're not paying to be there. Because right now, let's be honest, the 7th place, the the 5th place folks, they're paying to be there. Right. That's not even covering expenses that they're using. (laughs) If you have to travel 100%. Yeah. I mean, unless you happen to live right here, you're paying to be there. Oh, great. And can you slice it that way and say, well, if there are 20 people, 10 teams or 15 teams that really are making money, even if it's 100 bucks on the weekend for the 15th team, is that perhaps a... Look, I give Donaldson credit for the two events, or at least the one event I was at last year, Santa Barbara. It looked more like what fans expect from beach volleyball. Well, but it was but it was all of his money. It's out of his pocket. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, okay, so now you set up those expectations. Yeah. But that's those aren't real beach volleyball expectations. Like if he's gonna just throw his money into the hat for however long he wants to do the tour, then that's his that's his prerogative. If you want to make right. it, you know, I make money other ways. I'm just gonna spend my money on this. Is it a tax write off? I have no idea. And shoots. But it's 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 the expectation. It's money of a loss. Yeah. Of course. I just don't. If Albert puts on three, I'd rather Albert put on three quality pro events. However, you want to make pro. Well, that's what he said, right? Try he said to put on ten. Not good quality and call them pro events. Well, he said he was going to have three yeah, majors. Yeah, three, so. yeah, of course. Which yeah, Shout Cup, Vegas, and Austin. Right. Yeah, so I would rather, because again, beach volleyball starting over. Put on. Although I imagine even if you just do one event and make it the best one event you could do and build from that way. Does it have to make money for the promoter at this point for us to consider it a pro event, or is that just us wanting to take a step in the right direction, that's a separate argument. That's from a separate argument. Pro event. Okay, so hold on. Let's get back to pro event for a second then. I think you need so some need to sort of a name. So we need to the winners and some reasonable amount of people that made money on the weekend. We don't know what that is, but right. that would be one qualification. Yes. What would a second qualification be? I think you need some sort of a name 
sponsor. Okay. It doesn't have to be the whatever. What was what were the AVP ones? Nivea, Crocs, Cuervo. It doesn't have to Nissan. be Nissan. Doesn't have Nissan. Doesn't Toyota have to be that. Point. I don't think. But I think that you need a recognizable name attached to the to to the event in some way. Okay. I'll buy to, that. To legitimize it. I'll buy that in some way. Okay. Another good one. Well, the US. Think, go ahead. I think where you have it is a big. Those majors, where you have them, because if you say, um, "Hey, one of my, you know, top top four events, we're going to have four great events. It's going to be the the majors, right? Mm-hmm. Just like you know, we're going to have a Grand Slam, whatever. One of them is going to be Vegas, which I think is a great idea for a King of the Beach style event, mm-hmm. especially. You say, you know, you have a Manhattan or Hermosa, you have like a Chicago or something in the Midwest, and then maybe you throw one somewhere on the East Coast or or you know Virginia Beach or one of those places where Volleyball has traditionally done well. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can have, I don't think you can build the tour by building these smaller locations and having mini events as your majors. I don't think you can build, I think the step is to go into the environment where beach volleyball is already fostered and and popular, like the Bradford Beach. Yeah. You know, Cincinnati. The, Cincinnati. Yeah. So we need a certain amount of money. Yep. We need a location. We need a name sponsor. Yep. What do you think? We're, we're making magic happen here today. on the But Mahat. that's the thing. These are legitimate conversations. We're not bashing somebody. We're just trying to make – we're trying to help the sport is why I think part of what we do this show for. And not just beach volleyball. Yeah. Beach volleyball. Well, and for the money. Yeah. We do it for the money. Yeah, we so. totally do it for the money. Yeah. And the parking tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those are free. That's true. Uh, okay. I had another one. I'll think of it later, but another question about you. would that qualify? Maybe you guys should tell us. Email us at thenetlive at gmail.com or post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash thenetlive. Yeah, why and not Tell us what you think. What are maybe three to five qualifications for a professional tournament, for it to be called a professional tournament? Yeah, I agree. Is it footprint? Is it feel? Is it? Is it? Yeah, is it, I was just going to say, is it participants? Is it we have to have, you know? Does Carrie have to be in does, your event? Does right, right. April have to be in your event? Certain number of ranked players internationally. Phil, Rosie, you know, does that? Does that? Yeah, I mean, those guys. Just from what I see from the outside, I don't, I don't ask, talk to them about this. Like, they're make they see the FIVB is like, that's what they want the domestic tour to be like. All of the expectations they yeah. have. Here's how the FIVB treats us. Here are the things that we expect. You can't expect that in the United States right now. You know what? It goes both ways, though, because the way that I've seen FIVB, like in, I'm just going to use this example, like in scheduling, right? In the FIVB on the beach, when you warm up, you get a an allotted time to warm up. Yep. And if you're not on the court ready, I don't care as, yep. a, as an official of yep. the FIVB, right? Same you're thing out. with the indoor. Yep. Right. I don't care. This is the protocol. You have your time. You know what it's going to be. If you're not on the court ready, well, suck on it because you're about to get a beat down. There's a lot of protocol. If you were to try to do that on one of the beach tours right now, do you know how much blowback you're going to get from the players about what? It's the same as raising children. <laughs> the more you allow it, the more blowback you <laughs> right, get. Right, right, right. You know, it's... That's so good. Yeah. It's so, true. How many FIVB players are late? I'll bet it's about zero. Yeah, you learned that lesson one time. Right. Yeah. 
I thought I was at 11. Well, I was no. at 10. You lost the match. Yeah. What do you mean? And you're out of your hotel because you're out of the tournament right now, by the way. Let's hope remember. You have, hope you have your bag. Yeah. Let's remember with the idea of having the FIVB style tournament here, we get into the same conversation we have about every other tour. It is not a money-making enterprise. The FIVB did not clear money on beach volleyball no. until last year. No. And or that, a year before. Yeah. But And who knows if they cleared money in this last season. And let's remember... They too have scaled back their tournament due to cost issues, country quota things, yep. the amount of players in the tournaments. They cut tournaments. Number last of year tournaments they cut that were on was the schedule. It four or three. I, I don't remember. They cut a significant yeah. number of tournaments, so they are also cutting back. How much responsibility do you think USAV needs to have or take on to help beach volleyball professionally in the United States? None. Okay. Professionally, none. Okay. That's not their job. Their job is national teams. Okay. That's why I think that model is here already. Yeah. They've established it right in the last couple of seasons. And I think that's the model that you're going to see for future Olympic success in beach volleyball. It's not going to be the random guys who happen to come down to Second Street and Hermosa and play on a bunch of different tours and then also get to go to the Olympics. It will be the national team trained, supported, and branded athletes. Okay. They'll but be in the same no, system. There's no by real 20, maybe not by tour 16. for them to play on domestically. Right. How do they get in that system? Norseka, FIVB. You okay. Get, you get in by trying out for the national team the same way you get in by trying out for the national team now on the indoor side. Okay. And there were complaints when they put out the list. Of course, there's always no one's ever going to be 100% happy. Let's just get that straight. Right, right now. but part of the problem with the list was you couldn't get the top guys to commit and yeah, be on your team I agree. to accept an invitation. There are a bunch of guys who would like to have it but aren't qualified. Oh, let's wrap this up because we have one other thing to discuss. But a couple other. Am things. I leaving something on the table for you guys that you want to say? I just because uh, we could go on ad nauseum. Yeah, we can go forever. And one thing that I, one question that I want to put out there because I do want to see what some of the fans have to say back in terms of what needs to be on the table for a professional tour. Do you need to be able to support players as their primary job? To really be professional, well, yeah. it gets back to how many too. It's the same right. kind of discussion. Yeah, exactly. Strata of, football of players back in the day had to work in the off season for right. the, when they were started the football pro, pro football the NFL referees. Right. That's yeah. what the. That's what the Right. Strike was earlier. Yeah. That they didn't want to work. Anyway. Speaking of career opportunities. It's a new oh. era for beach volleyball. Let's just, I mean, it's a new era. You can't have the same yeah. expectations as before. Sorry, continue. Big news yesterday in the volleyball world. Career opportunities? Gary Sato. Yeah. Former assistant in two times for the United States men, including this last Olympics. Mm-hmm. Named head coach of Japan. Of Japan. The national team for the men. Gary Sato, head coach. First of all, I didn't know Gary was pursuing an international head coaching job. Our in-studio audience is very happy. That surprised me, although not as much as the fact that Japan hired a foreigner. Granted, still named Sato, but a foreigner to head their program. First time ever in the history of Japanese volleyball they've hired a foreigner to head the national team. I I asked uh, Doug Doug Beal about the U.S. doing the same. You applied? No, about hiring a foreigner. Yeah. I, it felt like it was kind of a lukewarm response, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're going to, or, or they don't want to. But. Does that mean he wasn't in the running for our men's national team? Yeah, I kind of wanted to go there, too, and think, or should he have been? 
If he was Maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't interested. I don't think he was in that conversation very long. Okay. That's just my feeling from Did the he sources coach? that I have. I don't I don't know him. I don't know his age. I don't know anything about him. Was he coaching when you were there? He's a legend. When you were there? No. Okay. Before he and after. He wasn't coaching when you were there? No. He seems to always be sort of Cause he knew associated. Kev, he knew Kevin was on the team. He's he like, seems to always mm-hmm. be associated with the program. With yeah. Met Eric Daly last night, actually, at USC. Cool to meet him. Eric Daly, a uh, longtime player and then golfer? Coach. For the men's team. But congratulations, Gary Sato. Yeah. Sato. I wonder what that entails. Obviously, he would need to move there. But year-round? You're going to be in Japan probably 10 months a year. Okay. Oof. I know he has a young daughter here, too, PV. Kind of scary. His parents used to come to all the uh, SC men's matches. Say so they stat the Pepperdine matches. Yep. yep, exactly. Have forever. Leanne, his sister, used to come to camps. She would play in Better the camp. Better than the guys? Yeah, she's unbelievable. Yeah. On the men's net, in the camp game, yeah. the staff game, she was awesome. She used to coach uh, Santa Monica High School, the boys. I don't know if she still does. She was wicked. And I think you may have heard of Eric. He, yeah. was, he was okay. Assistant coaching jobs for the women's national team? Yep. I've seen something on the chat board. I've heard some things that I've confirmed with people. Do you want me to not say something out loud? If it's on the chat board, it's say a, it. it. Well, it's not our read, but it says read. R, two E's and a D. Sunihara. Not an I. I've heard that name Sunihara. for a long time. Sunihara. Okay. I've heard that name for a long time. People have said that they heard there was going to be an announcement like two months ago. Supposedly later this week there will be an announcement. Okay. For that or for another position? That one and another. Okay. Hmm. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much is it bothering you that all this stuff is moving ahead with the women's national team and nothing with the men's national team? I know the answer from Reed for that, but he's not on the show. Uh, bothering me? Will you... Comparatively, no. Is the men's situation bothering me? Yes. Uh, is it comparatively to the women's bothering me? No, because this is not uh, This is a decision from the head coach, from Karch, okay. not from the organization. Okay. The decision for the head coach was the organization. And no, so it, it continues to bother me that the men's program doesn't have a head coach. I'm sure it bothers Doug Beal even more. Well, I'm sure it does. <laughs> I hope that the fact that it's taking this long, that they get it right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't like, know what right is. I don't know what right is either. Obviously, the players need to be happy with it. Doug Beal needs to be happy with it, as opposed to yeah, like, screw the players. Well, but they ha- they have to be. You have to respect the. How about that? They have to at least respect the decision. If you don't respect the decision, how are you going to get the team behind you? True. I mean, but it's not a. It isn't a NBA league. It's not a situation where it's flipped, right? It, where the players are really the power. Correct. Players are not the power here. The coach is the power, and and I don't want the inmates running the asylum over there. Of course not. But that has to be consideration, right? Same thing I said about the beach players. Let them let them make suggestions. Don't feel feel beholden to any of it. They don't know what the hell they're doing. They're players. They don't know the realities of trying to run a tour. Right? Same thing with the indoor athletes. And I've been on both sides of this. I've been the athlete complaining, saying, I have, you know, this is obvious stuff. You should be doing this. And then I got integrated into the business and You're like, Whoa. looked at, here are the stark realities of what's going on, what's been tried before, what the results were, where we are today, and so on. Same thing. Who cares? I mean, because no matter if you hire Karch or if you hire some guy we've never heard of, right? The first month in the gym, or the first year in the gym, that will tell you whether you made the right decision. 
it, I don't care who Karch is. It does not matter to me who Karch is Clipping that. a year <laughs> in. If I'm the player, a year in. Because we can make that sound like anything else. Yeah. I don't care who Karch is. Yeah. If but that's not what you were really saying. I know, well, because if, if, if you're a player, first yeah. of all, now you've never seen Karch play. Probably. I don't know. You don't if you're a, like a new, few years ago. If you're a new collegiate athlete coming to the sport, on the female side especially, they don't watch. It's true. They don't know who the hell Karch is. True that. Right? A lot of male players today, I'll bet I could walk into a gym at one of these male tournaments asking who Karch Karai is. There'll be a sizable percentage have no clue. And then you ask them about how he plays. Probably they've never seen him play, even though they've heard his name. Yeah. Right? The proof is in what you do to earn the player's trust and respect that you are doing your job. That's what the first month, first year are going to tell. And it doesn't matter if you started as Karch or if you started as a nobody. You still have to prove that same point. Well, I feel like we had uh, some of the national team players on after the Olympics. And I feel like Karch had already gotten some of that respect already. Now, granted, being an assistant and being a head coach are two different things. Totally different. But they were already, okay, we're on board if he becomes our head coach, you know. From the win. From, from the, the start. Win. Yes, from, from the, the start. start. Yeah, well, yeah, talk to me in a year. No, for 100%. And the same was true with Hugh McCutcheon when he started. It, the question was, can Hugh McCutcheon make a transition from being an assistant mm -hmm. to being a head when he started with the men in 2005? The answer was yes. Well, eventually. Yeah. They went through some pretty serious struggles. Of course. People forget, and it gets passed over, that there were some serious struggles with that team. So that will be the proof as to whether you made the right decision, whether it was Karch or whomever they choose for the men. Well, you have to get people to buy into the system. Like, especially in volleyball, I think from seeing it now indoor, oh, playing in, out there. indoor yeah. is definitely a system sport. I would love to play indoor. I don't see the other. Sunihara is confirmed. Sunihara is confirmed. It's on USA. The link is in the chat room. Thank you. Hula. How about... Switching gears a little bit. Drink. And just... Volleyball still? Yeah, it's too much volleyball. And just kind of taking a moment and remembering Dr. Jerry Buss, the great owner of the Lakers, originally the Kings, the Forum. Uh, if you have Time Warner Sports Channel, the Lakers cable network, you will see and hear a lot of familiar faces and voices from Chris McGee doing a uh, pretty touching tribute to... What Laker fans, like I will refer to as the greatest owner in the professional team sports era, and kind of the anti, I, I sort of think of him as the anti-Al Davis. A lot, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. Anti-Sterling? Uh, a little bit, but more... But they're really good friends, by the way. Are they really? Yep. Continue. Yeah, more of them... Were. Were, I guess. Sorry. Apologize. Yeah, so uh, I don't know where the Lakers are going to go from here. Well, somebody on their current path. Somebody, yeah, well, they either go. Somebody said they can only go one of two ways. Yeah, I mean that's pretty obvious, but they can go one of two ways. They either mail it in, or they, Dustin, or they play for the Gipper. Dustin and I have a uh, side bet allegedly on the Lakers season. Yeah, yeah. On so what's going to happen to that? Not a lot of people good. like Jim Bus. That's what I hear. Not a lot of people have positive things to say about Jim Bus. Look, yeah. when they're like, oh, he's not his father. Like, I hate that comment. Nobody is like their father. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think they're saying it. he doesn't have the good qualities of his father. Of course. They're saying, well, right? they're his business savvy running the show. But you were groomed to run the Lakers. I mean, that's your... Just... Or you backed into it. 
Or you just I don't know let which. you hire good people like Mitch Kupchak yeah. and let him do his job. Yeah. You've got to trust people, and that maybe is the issue. And we see that with owners Daniel Snyder and the Redskins. Yeah. Isn't that the form of a good leader? You trust the people that you put around you? Delegate. Yep. If you can't do it, delegate. That's fine. I delegate on the show. You guys are doing great today. <laughs> Thanks. I don't feel like my best. but You're at the big boy table. Congratulations. I did get upgraded here. Yeah, I just thought we should mention that, Dr. Buss. I mean... An important pioneer in making the NBA games and the NBA franchises more than just a basketball game. And he also uh, he bought the Forum, that original deal. He bought the Kings, mm-hmm. the Lakers, and the Forum. Mm-hmm. And then he did something a few years later that was unprecedented in, in team sports ownership, and that was selling the naming rights of the fabulous Forum to oh. Great Western Bank. And then it became the Great Western Forum, which is why Kevin now goes to the O.co arena or whatever, Coliseum. The, the, the whatever jump. the newest name of the, you know, nothing's called just the stadium or the arena anymore. It's Everything's got a name now. It's not the Murph, it's Qualcomm. Exactly. So uh, I have to admit to bring it back to Foley, I have to wonder if he had any, uh, any say in the fact that there were a lot of, weren't there indoor leagues and, and stuff that played at team the forum? Cup. Yeah, Team Cup. Yeah, I wonder if he had any involvement in that. Interesting. Well, Jeannie is, or was. Yep. Or is was is. married to Steve Timmons. Was was right because she's with Jeannie Bill Buss. Jackson now. Jeannie Bus was. Yeah, I didn't know that. Aren't the two of them married? Uh, you're. I said. I, I don't know. know. That's they were an item. That's when I need Geeter. Yeah, that's before my time a little bit. I think. No, I think they were. That's when he was living down the strand and playing in Italy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Bus won ten NBA championships, eight of them in the salary cap era. Yeah, Edbon, that's ridiculous comparing Dr. Buss to Jerry Jones. That, there's nothing. If Jerry Jones won titles, that's what it would be like. Tell them that. Tell everybody in Dallas that. They'll love you. Um, he may be a good owner. Yeah, he, he may be an owner. Yeah. I didn't know Steve Timmons went to Orange Coast College. I saw an interesting stat. Oh, and I'm, ex-wife is basketball executive Jeannie Buss. Look at that. Good job, Kevin. I, uh, I heard that, Delegating. that Jerry Buss, his team won titles 48% of the seasons that he was the owner. That's, that's gnarly. That's, <laughs> that's a gnarly stat. Because <laughs> he won 10. You're right. It's a gnarly stat. Yeah. That's like Kerry Misty winning yeah, during their prime, winning like 73 to 4% of the tournaments they entered. Yeah, but you'll see if you watch, and I, I encourage you to watch the Geeter narrated I will. clip. It's only about eight minutes long or something like that. Um, but he won five titles in his first nine years. So... Uh, tell Coach Hula not to worry about me delegating the music to Barnett. When, <laughs> when, I, when I am in the house, it will not be delegated. Yeah. If you would, you know, educate me and train me up like a good boss should, then I maybe there'd be some hope. I have been here for almost three years. Transitioning, just, per, just performing in front of me doesn't help educate me, no, Jeremy. I've given you music when I'm out of town, and then I listen to the show, and you use none of it. You transitioning old, to old intros. The musical corner. No. Oh yeah, because right. we, we didn't have Coach's corner. Let's yeah, let's go DJ corner. Yeah, music corner. Um, have you seen the <laughs> Harlem Shake yeah. trend? Uh, I was talking to somebody about that yesterday. No, yeah. I refuse to watch. It, I don't under. I don't. What's the deal with that song? Even it's a good song. It's a seems like it could that song could. There's a form of like hip hop electro called trap music. It's a slower tempo. Trap, trap, T R A P. We are learning. Yes, and the Harlem Shake. This song has been out since May. And all of a sudden, like since last Thursday, it has blown up because people are doing these weird dances to it and putting it on YouTube. And I don't, I don't comprehend how it started. I don't know either. And I don't understand because the song doesn't. It's not like 
Gangnam style where there's actually a dance, dance in the, the video. Song. Yeah. Like this just happened to be a song and people put a video up and now everybody is putting a video up. I I Harlem Shake YouTube, you just click on every single video that's on there and then you'll see I thought the Harlem Shake the dance Harlem Shake was like yeah. The kid in the Eminem Lose It video, do you remember that? Who just kind of shakes it out. Like kind of the shoulders back and forth. Yeah, like really fast. You know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Loyola men's team did a Harlem Shake. Uh, there you go. Know your meme, everything. Um, yeah, it's it's all over the place. And I don't, I honestly, it was it's a good song, but now it's not going to be anymore because it's going to be overplayed. Yeah. Um, My favorite, but at least they're only 30 seconds long, which is why I can watch them. Yeah, because the song's not that long. So it, the videos go from like where the lyrics would be if there were lyrics in the song and then when the drop happens and the breakdown you mm-hmm. just see all the craziness yes. happen. Like Can it's I... so big that Jimmy Fallon has done one. Yeah. Um I think some of the other talk show hosts have done well, it. Well, Loyola men's volleyball team apparently yeah. there's a lot of teams, there's schools. I saw Matt and Kim do one, which was yeah. pretty good. And again, I don't know how it I don't cuz there's uh-huh. no lyrics to the song like who I just I don't understand how it started to be Like with. do the Harlem shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The kid who produced it, his name is – I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's B-A-A-E-R. He's a producer, 21-year-old producer from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, has a couple other tracks out, but he did this song. Came out in May, like I said, and then last May, by the way. And then now it's just – it is blowing up. Really would like to see a Barnett family Harlem shake. That would be – all you have to do, <laughs> Kevin, is all of you sit around the couch – and have one of your kids just kind of start dancing a little bit while the rest of you are watching TV. You pretend like you have no idea he's doing it. <laughs> yeah. And then when the drop happens in the song, you need a mask or something. You need a helmet like, or a mask. You need like a chicken costume. Oh, you can one wear it. Needs to be dressed up like you a can cow. wear your supercross mask the whole time. Yeah, and then the everybody just goes crazy. Mask. And then the video's over. Mask. Mask. Yeah, it's good times. Yeah. I might have to play us out on that. I have to watch one of these videos. I haven't watched one yet. I saw something about some Vinny... water polo team doing it. Well, if you're in the chat room. No, I can't get on there on my iPad, bud. Use a use a computer, huh? I sacrificed my computer for the people don't show. see Barnett uh, dance. In case you no, it's yeah. not Elaine Bennis, but it's close. Third <laughs> or fourth Seinfeld reference. Yeah, it's awesome. That should be a drink too. Totally. I'll tell you. Can we talk about Dustin making the uh, collage last week? Like face this time made the collage. Yeah, that's, I'm going to start handing that in as my resume. Walk into <laughs> his face made the all. What I, so what have you been doing for the past couple weeks? Well, here you go. There you go. His see. name was on it the week before. Maybe a brief mention of him the week before that, but then his face yeah. made the collage. I think the highlight of it for me was that, that Garthoff put Natalie Haglund walking the nose on a on a wave. That was oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> with that was with, with Turtle Mick behind her? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was so good. That was my favorite part. I wanted to tag Mick Haley in that one. <laughs> I know. That was my favorite part. Tag, I should have tagged USC Volleyball in that one. I, have to, I literally look at it probably once every few days because I see something, Find something new, new every yeah. single time. Yeah. It's uh, fine, fine work the all-Trojan broadcast last week. Yeah, and pre. Yep, in Brazil. You're welcome. That was a good one. All right, well, we've gone through our whole day today and a little bit of bonus time. That's 21 minutes of bonus time for those of you listening to the Net Live. Big thanks to John Costi for being on the program, Albert Hanneman for tuning in, and Jay and Mike, as usual, for being a part of College of Volleyball Weekly. we got another show coming up next week, Monday, boys. I think uh, you'll be here. Maybe Gitter will remember or even know who's texting him. Dustin will be here. Director of Awesome will be here. Director of Awesomeness. If you are looking for a agent of awesome, Dustin Aval. Available on LinkedIn, right? Yeah, or Twitter at Dusty Gringo. Dusty Gringo. All right. Tweet him up. Hire him up. But tell him he can have Mondays off. 
<laughs> Live. See you next week. Thank you, Lord.